Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We are here Monday night at the Nick and Matt Show for episode 130. This episode is also presented by Cosmic DG. Go check out everything Cosmic over at CosmicDG.com. Nick, I talked uh, to Dave yeah. at the uh, Northeast Disc Golf Expo, and he said, do TDs want to get paid to TD? He says, have them hit him up. He's going to get them paid to run a tournament. So there you go. And that's what I think anyone putting in the work to run a disc golf event should be getting some sort of compensation for it. So I think that's a great medal to have. If you are a TD, go check out CosmicDG.com. Shoot Dave an email. He'll definitely help you out and all that. Episode 130, Nick. So mm-hmm. right before the show, I'm getting ready, coming in the studio, and I walk by a laundry room, and I hear rain. And I'm like, do we have like a new sound machine? And I open the door and like water is just pouring from the ceiling into the laundry room. Now it's partially like a pantry too. So there's boxed, you know, dry goods, canned goods. My seven year old is in the shower above with the curtain on the outside. Of the oh, tub. yep. Yep. The old, yep. good old trick like that. So we're like, stop, oh, yeah. it's pouring. Yeah. So that was right before the show. So there you go. Nice. I had to deal with that. Oh, that's, you know, wonderful. Just sounds like a Monday for almost everyone out in the world right now. Hey, let's go to three up. Intern Ben. I'm here. Yeah. See, he responds to intern Ben, but the last two days he was manager Ben. He was promoter Ben. He ran the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. Ben, give us the short version. What happened and was it a success? Basically, I ran the first disc golf expo convention trade show, whatever you want to call it ever. And it was a major success. There was a line out the door of like 150, 200 people for on opening day on Saturday. I wasn't expecting it. I don't think anyone was expecting it. And um, everyone was very happy. And if you actually showed up, you got to experience the Nick and Matt show. Like where I'm sitting now is where you were sitting at the expo. So you got to experience what it was like to be me. And you got to talk to Matt. You're right, actually. The green screen, the, yeah. those who walk by, that's, what's, that's what intern Ben has. So, Nick, we gave him the experience. I know you were doing a, a charity event. Is that correct? No. So, I was doing, uh, we have down here in Virginia called the Virginia oh. Team Inventational. It's a VTI, it's a big match play tournament. A bunch of different teams from you know the surrounding states are all entered into this tournament. And so, I was a part of Team Blue Ridge, which is the locals around here. Uh, we made it into the semifinals. Unfortunately, got knocked out when we were in the semifinals. But uh, it's really cool because it's a nine-hole match play on a beautiful property, the Lake Marshall property. So shout out to you know Gary, Trey, and Corey who just do an incredible work out there. And uh, nine-hole match play, it's really really fun. And each player in your team gets seated, you know, pretty much by for the most part skill level. Wow. And for my team, I was playing as the one seed. I ended up going four and two on the weekend, so I lost two matches. I won four of them. Uh, which was pretty cool because when you're playing all the one seeds, it's a really fun competition the whole time. Uh, majority of my matches went the full nine holes, which just made it even extra fun. And uh, it was super cold and it was super windy both of the days. It heated up towards the end of the day, but for the most part, it was uh, not ideal conditions to play. And I'm I'm really looking forward to 75 degrees, 80 degrees, mm. and just sunshine with no wind. Aren't we all? So yeah. as people walked by at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo, um, Someone would be like, are you Nick or Matt? Some of them. I mean, we had, yeah. So how many did we have to go through? Like well over a thousand. Yeah. I'd say final numbers are uh, 
like a thousand two hundred to a thousand three hundred, okay. I think. Good, good right first there. year numbers. And so we had that many people walk by us, Nick. And that's I insane. think that I was only asked that twice, maybe, which, but that's good. We exposed them. Said, yeah. do you like sports yeah. talk about disc golf? Two hours of content a week. They loved it. So, but. Well, I saw one of the people was former world champion, Dave Felberg. Dave Felberg was in the room. <laughs> yeah. He, which on Sunday. pretty incredible. Yeah. He was sitting I mean, down in our virtual studio there and loving yeah. life. So that was cool. Shout wow, out, Dave. Awesome. Yeah. And um, so I said, well, no, I'm Matt. And they said, they're like, who's Nick? And I was like, well, I was like, you remember last year at Waco? I was like, oh, God, lead card, man. He made the, they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, this guy is he's our athlete on the show. That's lead why he's card. there. So yeah, it's a one and done. You know? <laughs> no. But uh, it was a good time. We'll kind of move on past that. But really stoked. It was hanging. It was almost like this is a weird way to say it. Like summer camp for disc golfers it was winter. It was Maybe awesome. snow camp for yep. disc golfers. Like we're all just hanging out in a room mm -hmm. with everything under the sun. People are putting. Next year, putting leagues, dude. Like run putting leagues in other rooms and like people. It's, yeah, the sky's the limit. We're gonna go bigger and better next year. No one really knew what to expect this yeah. year, but Crazy. Um, now that we got a lot of people, a lot of interest, a lot of people buying, uh, all our vendors were very happy. So I can go bigger with confidence that people are gonna show up. Overthrow was nice. there. Yep, Nick. You know Josh. Oh, yeah. He's probably in the chat now. Josh from Overthrow. No, I know Josh and Mikey. Very yeah. Well. So they were there. Josh was doing form reviews. And out of those 1,200 plus people who were there, I think probably... 103 is the exact number. He did. How many? 103 form reviews, 19 hours straight. There you go. <laughs> it was literally insane. Yeah. Like, I'm the line was so long. And he was giving everybody their time. Like, he was standing there going through with everybody, their throws. I'm blown away. It was incredible. And uh, Robbie C was there. Yep. Uh, Trash Panda, Jesse, Jesse yeah. the recycled disc. Um, it was just a really great time. So I wanted to give you the credit, Ben, Thank for you. that. And we won't be promoting it for a long time again, but no. it will come up again. Well, I was going to say, when, when do we expect the next one? Now, now give me a little heads up and I can make sure I'm there this yeah, time. Yeah, probably. Right, as of right now, it's going to be in the same building, but I'm just going to rent the whole hotel. Um, <laughs> the whole, dude. Okay, one yeah. last thought. Yeah. And that got me really excited. And I don't know how much it would cost because it's not my money, it's yours. Yes. You know that atrium area? With like the yeah. water fountains yeah, 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 and the yeah. mini disc golf, dude. Like little mini baskets throughout that whole area. I couldn't. That's what I mean. People by would be whole paying hotel. to play yeah. that, dude. So people would be paying to play. It was a nasty. It's like all architecture, Nick. Like I don't know how to explain mm -hmm. it. Like you're almost like you're outside, but you're inside this massive atrium of the hotel. So, anyways, that was something yeah. I. Yeah, thought. so I'll rent. I'll rent it all, and we'll. I'll get at <laughs> least forty more vendors, hopefully, Ooh, coming on. Dang. dang. So okay. Uh, Where's where's Evan? Dang, he's not even in the green room. Yeah, no, Evan Evan bailed on us, you know, about what 30, 45 minutes before the show. The which, expo was too much for him. It's yeah, true. I think it, it must have been. He partied too hard. Yep. <laughs> he got recognized too many times, you know, couldn't take the pressure of it and is uh, down for the count today, wasn't feeling great. So he did hit us up with a couple stats. So when we run through the tournaments, we are going to try to act like stamp stat Mando, but we'll, we'll see how <laughs> no, we do. we're actually not going to try. That's a, yeah. be just a, a fail. Yeah. Um, but let's just do it in about 10 minutes. Well, Paige just texted me. She said she's in, she'll be in 20 minutes. So that's perfect. So Paige in 20 minutes, disc golf dot law, Chris Clark, we're bringing him back in. Ulti world dropped an article this week. That's uh, that explicitly said the lawsuit has been withdrawn, removed from Gannon Burr uh, by prodigy. Um, our, our guy, Chris Clark goes, I don't know if you're aware, but that's not accurate. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm, I was on a plane flying. I couldn't text it out to the world or you, 
but Chris knows this stuff. And then eventually Ulti World <laughs> figured it out and changed their title and said, no, it was just a quote restraining order of sorts or the injunction. But Chris is coming on in approximately 10 minutes. Well, actually he just jumps <laughs> in our green room. We'll bring him in very soon here after we do our event recap. Um, but he's going to give us the update on that and any other legal news out there. So Nick, give us the uh, version, whatever you want for the recap at Austin. How did people play? How did it finish out? I guess spoiler alerts is a thing, but Nick, go ahead. Spoiler alert, Gannonberg <laughs> coming from the chase card and taking down the win, shooting an incredible round. The final round, it was 10, 1070 rated or so. Um, coming back from the chase card, just played incredible, had kind of a mishap on hole 16 where he threw it in, uh, out of bounds on a hole that – some of these players are actually looking to eagle it. It's a par four, I think about 600 someone feet downhill. Ends up taking the par on it, but then goes to one of the hardest holes on the course, hole 17, and ends up cashing in about a 25-foot putt for birdie. And then 18, just kind of sealing the deal where realistically he probably could have just played it for par, but wanted to make a statement and wanted to guarantee the win. Ended up going for the birdie. Made the putt from probably same distance, just a little bit uphill on that one. So Gannon Burr with an incredible come-from-behind victory. Chase card back-to-back -back weekends of chase card action where the chase card, the leader on it, is the one winning the tournament, which I think we had said was the first time in Silver Series, Elite Series, or Major History that we've had back-to-back -back events like that happen with a chase card winner. So kudos to Gannon Burr. That's absolutely incredible, especially with everything going on. Uh, Gannon is one of four players now who have a Silver Series event that he's won, a Major, and now an Elite Series event. The other three players being Ricky Wysocki, Paul Macbeth and Chris Dickerson, uh, which I think Chris actually probably did the same thing last year. I'm not sure if he won a lead series, but I know he won some silver series and a major, but anyways, he has done it in the past. Um, Simon Lazat was also making a huge charge, and I think he was actually on the third card, but made it a great battle, ended up losing by two strokes. James Proctor, Calvin Heinberg, and Austin Turner kind of rounding out the top five. The camera was on Austin Turner that round a lot. He was playing an incredible round, just didn't have enough holes to play, but nonetheless did play an absolutely incredible round. And then switching over really quick onto the FPO side, we finally see Paige Pierce back in solid form, shooting two rounds over 1,000 rated, and then one round, the final round, 970. But I think she had enough of a cushion over Katrina Allen to where she could kind of play it how she wanted to towards the end of things. Uh, Katrina Allen, Jessica Weiss, Missy Gannon, Holland Hanley rounding out the top five, and then Kristen Tatar actually tying for the fifth place spot, which biggest thing about that is this is the end of the Kristen Tatar podium streak. Um, Evan had sent us the actual length of it. Um, it was the fifth longest ever in the FPO division, elite series only. Des Redding with 32, Tatar had 18, Alan Corver and Jenkins were all in between that. Um, this is Paige's 73rd elite slash major win. And I think Evan was saying in this that it was the longest period since Paige has won an Elite Series event. So however many days, I think it was European Open up until now. This is her longest. Um, yeah, this is as I'm yeah. reading it. Thank you, Evan. Longest stretch yeah. without a win. It sounds like yeah. ever in her elite or pro career. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So I would say that's that's really the main breakdown of the event. So shout out to Paige Pierce and Gannon Burr. A lot of great play out there. I know we're going to have Paige on in just a little bit doing the interview and talking about the course, talking about the event in and of itself. Um, I know a lot of players were outspoken in, with dislikes of the course. I actually think Gannon had a great post-round interview after his win saying, look, whether you like the course or not, he tried to have a good mentality going into it, which I think just proves how mature he is of becoming a player because having that kind of like, let's say, 
happiness going on throughout the round of just being like, you know what, I'm here, I'm ready to play. It doesn't matter. Everyone else is playing the same exact thing. We're playing in the same weather conditions at this time right now. So for him to be able to do that, I think shows a lot of maturity, um, which is awesome. But like I said, a lot of players were definitely outspoken about dislikes on the course, whether it was the whole course in general or a few holes here and there. Uh, fortunately, I was able to watch a decent amount of the coverage, wasn't able to watch all of it. But um, some of the holes looked great. Some of the holes, I think, looked a little, I don't know, put together, I would say. It, it's not a course that would definitely suit my game at all. Um, I know there was a couple, you know, 460, 480-foot par threes with, you know, bunkers surrounding them to where I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to throw it 350, 400, getting myself in a good spot and try to walk up and down with the three. But that's just my own personal take. I've never played the course, and so who knows? Maybe I would actually absolutely yeah. love it if I went there. And uh, post-round interviews, Paul Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Um, as transparent as ever, and that's not something that's new for him. Um, he's earned that right. Um, but just, I mean, saying flat out horrible design. I mean, that I'm not quoting him directly, but bad whole design, especially 17 and 18 he called out. But just in general, we saw some incredible highlights also of him playing those holes. Um, I tried to catch a feeling, Nick, from other players, what they were saying. Some would say that, you know, uh, it's not as bad of a rap as it's getting. It's okay. Um, and then you heard, like you said, Gannon talking about it. I think we'll do this later, but Evan and I were actually chatting at the expo and about new course venues. Okay. So the event is not a new event per se. The TD's running it. There's all the trust in the world that they can handle this, but a new course venue um, and our opinions on how that could or should take place. And we can talk about that later, get your opinion on that as well. Um, and obviously when we have uh, Paige on in about 15 minutes, we're gonna talk about all the things that we've asked. You can submit questions still in the live show, um, but we're also gonna get to questions that you posted on our social media earlier um, and some others that we came up with. Um, sometimes we do that. <laughs> and then Gannon, everyone wants us to ask us or ask Gannon, is he with Prodigy for the year? Um, when is he signing with, and this is a direct quote from comments. When is he signing with disc mania? Are they going to make him a tour series disc? These are all the questions that people are asking us, uh, in the comments, um, of our social post and shout out. Is this Daniel from Texas in the chat? Yes. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been. Well, yeah. he was in the last one, but okay. before yeah, that, he was in it was the last a long couple time. I guess I was I was away remote, and I was. Oh yeah, that's chat. why. Yeah, correct. Well, sorry, there, there you go, Daniel. We missed you. Um, and then intern Ben's mom, everybody was in the chat. Incredible. Go look for the last name Kenny and uh, say hi to intern Ben's mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> I mean, Matt. One of the one of the other biggest things that happened at this event was kind of a freak accident. A cameraman <laughs> getting hit by an Eagle McMahon grenade, and the chances of that happening, I think, are just so crazy for it to kind of hit exactly and land where it did. First off, I want to say before we kind of get into this conversation more, uh, Dave from Gatekeeper. He also runs Heiser Media. I've actually had the privilege of meeting him before. He was able to film a charity event that I did do earlier this year. Really awesome guy. He actually threw a couple shots for us and our team, the way that the format was set up. But anyways, we hope you're feeling great. I know that was such an awful incident for it to happen. Um, I know update. I think the last thing that I heard was he is doing well. Lots of staples in the head, which sucks. Um, but man, that that happening, we were kind of... You know, one of my buddies had it on while we were driving to a restaurant and we heard the sound <laughs> hit and he said, you know, holy F, look at what just happened. And then we ended up finding the video on Twitter and it pretty insane. I really don't think there's too much more to really. Have you ever been hit by it. a disc? So, 
Have you ever been hit by yeah, this? Yeah, I've I've been hit in the ankle before. I, pretty good. I've been hit in the uh, shoulder. I've been hit three times. I've been hit in the mm-hmm. ankle, the shoulder, and one that, yeah, was really close to my head. I had to put my arms up and hit me in the elbow area. Mm-hmm. Um, this coming in hurt extremely bad. I'm a safety professional yeah. by career, and <laughs> we look at that and go, oh, that is not a good time for And honestly, like, yeah. I, I'm not digging into how's the pro tour handling this or PDGA, but like, there's liabilities out there. That's why there's insurance. Um, there's, I think we can, we can talk more about this a little later, just the ideas of it. I mean, I've already seen things like these insert bump helmets going inside of what almost looks like a, a baseball hat or, or your, your typical, you know, brimmed hat. You can actually put something in there to help protect you. But I don't know where it's going to go and how the Pro Tour plans to handle it. But I would imagine that it's much more aware now player are camera guys are going to move out of these zones uh but the course again the course kind of sets up for that and that scenario was like there wasn't much it was really rough he had to be kind of close to the basket and then the players to get in there they're going over the top now often players are going to shout out if you've been on tour any amount of times um players will say hey i'm coming over the top let the camera guy know that's mm-hmm. both so they can film it and be aware, but it's also mm-hmm. obviously a safety thing as well. So I don't know what hey, their everyone. their move's going to be, um, but that is something that will, I'm sure, get talked about internally amongst the Pro Tour. But we can talk about ideas for that later. At this point in the show, uh, we, we have a lot more to talk about. We're going to bring in Chris Clark, everybody of DiscGolf.Law, and we're doing that because... He's got an update for us. We kind of mentioned it. Ulti World talked about what's happening. They adjusted it. We want to know from him what does that mean? And then any other updates on the legal uh, scene, Horizon, maybe things involving the Natalie Ryan case, if there's anything there or not. But let's go ahead and bring in everybody. Um, Chris Clark, DiscGolf.Law. How's it going, Chris? Going good, guys. How are you? Doing How about great. Yourself? We brought not in the professionals. We brought in the professional, and uh, we're just looking for an update from you um, on the legal front. Um, what do you know about the Gannon Burr situation? Anything new there? Uh, and then if there's anything else going on, let us know. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, with respect to the Gannon thing, you know, I um, I think I learned the news that the um, their motion for an, uh, an a preliminary injunction and a temporary restraining order. Um, they have dismissed that um, without prejudice, which means they can file it again if they choose. Um, I don't think this is too much of a surprise if you think about it, because um, that uh, motion that they filed for a temporary restraining order and a preliminary injunction was, as it said in their court documents, it was specifically for the purpose of maintaining the status quo. Uh, And so in this case, what does maintaining the status quo mean? Well, it means Gannon doesn't sign with any other sponsors and Gannon keeps throwing and wearing Prodigy. And as we've all seen for the past few weeks, that's exactly what he's been doing. And so I think it was just a matter of uh, realization by someone that, hey, exactly what we're asking for in this court filing is happening and therefore it's not necessary anymore. So we'll dismiss it. Mm, okay. Um, I, I, so that's, that's your reasoning, your thoughts. Why I, I like to get a little bit more deep myself. Here's my idea. Tell me how crazy it is. That purpose of that restraining order, if you was to prevent any immediate action by him to sign with somebody else is what, what it seems apparent that that was the case. Um, could it be, 
could, could I go out on a limb here and say that they're like, okay, fine. We're, we've made these internal discussions and we just want to buy out. Like we all want to win here. We all want some type of win. We want to buy out. And so we're going to let you talk and go sign with somebody else so that they can get the money. You know, we're going to remove that restraining order. Is that even a possibility or, or would that usually all be uh, decided in one lump agreement? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. And I think you're on the right track. Um, as I think I may have said before, I mean, this is at the end of the day, it's ultimately a purely financial dispute. Right. Um, and I think also, as we mentioned before, the timing of when they filed this lawsuit, right? You guys may remember either from me saying it or from you just reading through the court documents um, that the timing of when they filed it, it was right before All-Star Weekend where it says in their court documents, they were expecting Gannon to announce a new sponsor mm -hmm. at the press conference for All-Star right. Weekend. And the, the reason I'm kind of smiling at that is that was also the same paragraph where they told the court <laughs> that the uh, All-Star Weekend press conference was going to be streamed to millions of viewers. Right. Um, and so that was going to just irreparably harm Prodigy, which if he had announced a new sponsor, yeah, I I, I agree that 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 would have been um, you know a significant setback or significant harm for Prodigy. So I think their hand was forced, and they felt like they had to file what they filed when they did. And I still think this is a good sign of progress toward what I think we all hope and expect is going to happen fairly soon which is some type of a, a financial settlement. And, and I'll say one other thing, just as an aside, um, I don't know if it's related or not, um, but, you know, it was only a few days after this uh, motion was dismissed that, you know, Gannon wins the open at Austin. So it seems like for Gannon, things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, he came out and I think in the press conference said something along the lines of like, I had something like I needed to prove, like I needed to yeah. bad starts. Um, and then that happened, obviously there was lifted and he had a great performance. Um, my one last thought on this contract deal, cause we've had you on a few times and, and I'm sure people appreciate everything you say, but just, just thinking through, had he announced, I am going to XYZ company. And then this lawsuit was made this other manufacturer or sponsor then is, whoa, did we make a deal that couldn't actually be made, right? Like that would be almost in hindsight. So do you think, and this is coming from your expert opinion, and this is what you guys specialize in at discgolf.law, agreements, contracts, is it going to be at a place where sponsors in the future are going to say, hey, wherever you're coming from, we need to see some formal, you know, end of sponsorship with that other place. Like it, maybe they're already doing that and I'm not aware, but like you would think it's, it's going to have to be something like that. It, it would have been pretty naive for any sponsor to have signed Gannon knowing that, you know, he's halfway through a two year deal with prodigy uh, and not expecting prodigy to try to do something about that. Now, whether prodigy would have had, some type of claim or cause of action against the new sponsor mm. or whether their claim would have solely been against Gannon. I think that's open for discussion and, and debate, mm. but they certainly would have had a, a claim against Gannon. And uh, I think it would not have been unreasonable to expect a new sponsor to compensate prodigy for part or all of whatever they sought to recover 
wow. from Gannon. But I, you know, I'm really curious to stay tuned for your show tonight and hear, mm. you know, what what some of the answers to these questions are because I think whether you get direct answers and whether you get all the answers to the questions that you ask, I think we're going to learn a lot tonight from your discussion. Yeah, we're going to serve it up and we'll just let him answer. And, and we maybe we push and dig just a little bit, but like we want to maintain relationships with these pros too. It's a it's a delicate balancing act where we yeah. want them to come yeah, back yeah. on again, but we also got to do our job. So, uh, and then finally, uh, the Natalie Ryan um, lawsuit situation. Um, I know things are still going on. And I don't want to say speculation, but conversations I've had and everything's really secretive, of course. I mean, it's a lawsuit, um, but the pro tour is getting the best attorney that they possibly can or they have them lined up already. And so we're just waiting to find out more there. Are there any updates on that front at all? Well, um, I, I think right about the time you guys had me on to discuss um, Natalie's case, um, either either right about that time or maybe maybe a day or two later, there was a case that was decided in Minnesota and it had to do with USA powerlifting. And a lot of the facts relative to that case are similar to the facts in Natalie's case. Um, USA powerlifting um, adopted a policy um, relative to transgender women competing in a female protected division and the policy essentially or effectively banned transgender women from competing in that division. A transgender woman filed suit. She won. And the USA Powerlifting has been ordered to revise their policy so that it allows transgender women to um, compete in the female protected division there. So um, again, this was in Minnesota. The um, the research that I did, and I meant to double check this before I came on and I forgot, but it looks like that was in Minnesota state court. Um, the, the way that our courts work in the United States is typically we follow precedent. Um, but technically, this case in Minnesota wouldn't have any binding precedent on what's going on in California. On the other hand, um, you know, I said and will say again our team did some research trying to find a similar situation to Natalie's so that we could see, hey, has something like this ever played out before? And what we were looking for was a professional sports organization and their treatment through their policies of transgender women. And we just weren't able to find any cases relative to that particular set of facts now we have one case that is similar to Natalie's set of facts. And I think I expect that it will come up in the course of Natalie's case. Now, whether the court's obligated to follow it or not, they're, they're not. But I, I do think it's informative and interesting to see that now um, there, there are other cases out there that are following similar, similar facts. Mm. Yeah, great. So Great. Thank you. Realistically, for just yeah, Nick, you're yeah, still here. <laughs> yeah, just really quick. Realistically, I was going to kind of, you know, bring up something else, but I think this is a great topic because we're talking about Minnesota or later on this year, we have the Elite Series event over at the Preserve, uh, the Preserve Championships presented by Airborne and Prodigy. Um, is this something where potentially in the state of California, if things don't go in the way that Natalie Ryan is hoping, 
could she potentially file suit and now say in Minnesota where there already has been a case of what's going on and potentially the state of Minnesota would say you cannot do this? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because I had I have I'm on record as saying, um, well, you know, one thing strategically that the disc golf pro pro tour could do is either cancel or move the OTB open. Um, and that would render the case that Natalie filed moot. Um, and I, I got some comments back, which are hundred percent valid saying, Hey, there are other States out there that have laws similar to this civil rights act in California. I still believe California is the friendliest jurisdiction for Natalie to file this case. Mm -hmm. um, but I have been educated on the fact that California isn't the only state that has a civil rights act that offers protection to an individual based on gender identity. Um, so, you know, the short answer to your question is theoretically, yes. The, the point that I was trying to make is if the Disc Golf Pro Tour moves or cancels the OTB Open, and um, th that that means it's maybe a little bit of a question, but Disc Golf Pro Tour is not, at least through the OTB Open, doing business in California. Thousand Rated Productions is not hosting the one event a year that they host, and so they're not. Mm -hmm. Natalie asked to be allowed to be play in the uh, female protected division. That request goes away. They asked that the Disc Golf Pro Tour be prohibited from conducting business in California. If the OTB Open is canceled, that goes away. So I wasn't saying that the entire issue goes away. Obviously, it doesn't. I'm, I think we're going to be dealing with this for, for a while because it's very complicated. Mm -hmm. So could theoretically another action be brought in Minnesota similar to the one that was brought in California. And in Minnesota now, we do have at least one example of a court ruling in favor of a transgender athlete. I think, yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's it's a really interesting question. And so I guess we'll just have to stay tuned and see. No, definitely. <laughs> All right, Chris, we appreciate so much this legal um, insight that you provide to our show. As always, everyone go check out discgolf.law on YouTube. I think it's Instagram as well and Facebook. So it's all the platforms and the website, discgolf.law. TikTok even. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're not even <laughs> on TikTok. So. No, we're not. <laughs> they, they, we're on Twitter though. Okay, cool. Ben, ben can handle that. <laughs> Old school. All right, Chris, we appreciate your insight. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, gentlemen. Good night. Take all right. Easy, Chris. Bye. All right, Nick, uh, tell us about our one of our sponsors tonight, uh, Disc Golf Swag. What's going down with them? Yeah, so one of the newest sponsors kind of hooking us up with some awesome stuff is Disc Golf Swag. First and foremost, you can check them out, check them out at discgolfswag.com. I actually have one of the discs that he sent me. So Disc Golf, Disc Golf Swag is not necessarily, it's not a dying company, but they're the only company producing full color PDGA legal custom discs from all manufacturers, premium products. Now I'm going to show you what I have right now. This disc, although it looks dyed is actually not. And I'm going to give it's you printed kind of for, for our listening audience. It is printed yes. somehow, some way proprietary as yep. they all say, but into the disc. So it's not rubbing off, scraping off. It's in your disc. They sent me one as well. It's actually incredible. Uh, definitely go check out discgolfswag.com. Uh, they offer more than discs. They offer apparel. Mm -hmm. In fact, 
I may be wearing it right now. Go check out the Mando shirt. So, Nick, exactly. what else is there? Anything else? We miss anything? It's a really cool, I mean, really cool company. Kind of, kind of like how you just said it. Plastic, uh, excuse me. Plastics retain the same exact feel from when they're molded by the manufacturer. You're not going to get all the scratches. It's not going to destroy what's on the disc, um, like some other dies do. And then one of the biggest things, it maintains the feel of the disc, like it comes out of the factory. So some companies, some die discs that I've experienced with in the past get a little bit slippery. Um, some of them smell pretty cool. But anyways, uh, with this company, <laughs> Disc Golf Swag. Part. That's my yeah, favorite disc part. They swag. smell cool. Um, Dude, pastry dyes. They smell Nick. great. Anyways, Disc Golf Swag has some awesome, awesome stuff out there. They're actually personally doing one of my discs, and they're doing an anime theme on it Okay, because uh, I like some cool anime. So Nick, And I'll show you guys that soon. At the Northeast Disc Golf Expo, because of Disc Golf Swag, they had sent me a disc that they stole my art. No, they, they took my art and put it on a disc yeah. and send it to me. And I was like, wow, that's cool. They inspired me to take the rest of my mushroom baskets. Now, some of you have seen this over the years. I've posted a few. They inspired me to take my mushroom basket artwork and I sold it at the expo and people just bought it like crazy. And I was so happy. I couldn't believe it. I might make an online store. We'll see. But thank you, Disc Golf Swag. Mm -hmm. All right. Without further ado, in the green room, sorry to make her wait. But everybody, Paige Pierce, the current and reigning Waco <laughs> champion. Not Waco. Uh, no, so, open at Austin. No, we're not going there yet. Waco. Uh, not Waco. The not open Waco. at Austin. And welcome to the show, Paige. Thank you very much. So, sorry I Man, got that I wish wrong. I would have won Waco. Yeah. I wish I would have won Waco, but not... <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> did you did you hear that stat? I, I don't expect that you were listening to our show earlier on, but this was the longest you've gone without a win. Meaning, like within a like this is the longest stretch you've gone without a win. Yeah, um, Nate mentioned that on the post round interview. It's funny because it was like during the off season. Like I haven't played a tournament in four months, so it's like okay. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I hadn't won since uh, European Open, so. Um, yeah, it feels good to be back on in the winner's circle for sure. Okay. Yeah. So it just feels good. It's not a big deal to you. You like you said, off season. Now you so again, congratulations on the win. Before we move past that, tell us. I mean, you said it feels good to be in the winner's circle. Um, I texted you this and I meant it. And whether you think it's accurate or not, I said I saw I saw fierce in your eyes in the final round. I was like, and I'm at the expo and we're watching it live at, at like a side booth. And I'm like, oh, dang, <laughs> like Paige is like focused. And I was like, it's hers to win. So did something feel different in this this round or this tournament that like led you to the victory? Um, You know, I was I, I did see your text, um, <laughs> but I thought I felt like it was uh, like the fierce page wasn't really there okay. until that final round. Yep. I felt like, um, you know, I was just just ha enjoying myself and having a good time. And, uh, you know, the final round, maybe about like midway through, I would say is kind of when I started feeling fierce, I hit a big putt on maybe like hole seven or eight. And when it went in, like I knew it right out of my hand, you, you know, we all know that feeling yeah. like when you, when you make a good shot and you know, it instantly, and it was a long putt and, you know, from right when I let it go, I knew it was in and I just, I, I made myself fist pump um, for the first time all tournament and yes. for the first time in a while, really. Um, so like that was a good feeling and it was just like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm pumped up and, and, um, feeling a little fierce. So yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, it was just overall good, uh, good event for me to like work through some, 
you know, I felt like I had moments of doubt um, or like self-confidence stuff and and to overcome that and to come out on top, it it felt good for sure. That fist pump you're talking about, that that was the moment that I was reflecting on. I was like, oh, baby, like, <laughs> I, had, I, I didn't feel like I've seen that in a while myself. Um, so it, it's it's fantastic to see. Um, someone asked the other day about DGN coverage doing the first round live on YouTube for free. And then they're like, you okay. know, later on you get to pay for it if you want to watch the final. And then someone said like, Hey, but maybe we should just like keep FPO like free. And I, my take was like, are you kidding me? The FPO is more exciting than it's ever been. People need to pay for that action. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, all I'm going to say is you won. And then we had a different winner and then we had a different winner. It's three different winners right out of the gate. You've always totally, talked, yeah. you've always talked Paige, about like the excitement of getting the FPO division built up, built up, built up. You're here and you're still winning. Is this, is this more every year I ask you, is this closer to what you were imagining? Are we there yet? I mean, I would say so. You know, there's like 60, 60 ish women at each event, you know, as, as much as they will, open spots up for we're filling and you know the level of play is raised tremendously i feel um i feel like it's like around 9 30 golf to win it uh, or sorry i'm sorry to cash at an event you have to average like 9 30 where before 9 30 would probably get you top definitely top 10 sometimes even top five maybe so um depending on what year we're we're referring mm -hmm. to so yeah the level of pay, play is tremendously increased so i feel like um you know we could talk about Kristen all day. We could talk about Missy. She's been here winning tournaments, but I mean, I just want to like pull Holland, for example, like Holland was on the final uh, feature card, the final round. And um, for any, any viewers or listeners that are uh, watch that final round, like looking at Holland's sidearm, like she threw, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they do a good job telling you guys. It's like, this is a 410 foot hole. This is a 390 foot hole. And she's throwing a hyzer, um, a pure hyzer sidearm and getting there. And, uh, you know, that right there is just like a spot on example of how the field is rising. And, and Kristen, Missy, Holland, and I are all discussing that during the final round. Like, wow, uh, just a little chip sidearm, huh? Holland? <laughs> so yeah, it's more and more players have it. And, and, uh, you know, other shots as well, you know, Jess is throwing sidearm rollers quite often, you know, Holcomb's developing a backhand. Um, so it's like, yeah, everyone's, everyone's sharp, sharpening their tools and, and, uh, adding more. Before I pass it to Nick, mm -hmm. I just wanted to comment on that because I was doing, um, intern Ben's Northeast disc golf expo. And we were on a content creators panel with a few other YouTube content creators. And at some point in there, we were talking and we whispered to each other. We said, they need to have the average, like in all seriousness, me <laughs> go and throw that same shot and then have all like, they need to show here's like your average. Totally. Person. Totally. Like, cause like people know I don't throw far, but like, I, feel like I'm a okay disc golfer, but she would put me to shame with her throw and people would be like, wow, like, like totally the average, I always say that for the Olympics too, like have the average person go out there. So it just makes it that much more amazing. So, yeah, I think it would be super helpful. Actually, one other thing before Nick too, yeah. uh, actually Katrina and I, Katrina came up to me after the round and, um, you know, we were just chatting about, you know, play and stuff. And she's like, man, is it just me or is everyone just dropping them in from circle two this year and i was like no for real like and so that's another thing about fpo is like 
it's no longer like you have to be good inside the circle. You have to be good inside circle too. And that is really cool because that is where the guys are at too. And so to see the gap slightly, um, you know, evening is really exciting for me as a huge proponent of like FPO is something that you need to watch because, you know, we are having those battles and we are having those shots that are equally as impressive as the men's field. Great points. Great points on the putting. That was always a thing we talked about. Nick, what do you got? Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, I kind of cut out at the beginning of the interview. Anyways, <laughs> I just want to say congratulations <laughs> on the win. Uh, Thank every you. So often my internet just randomly gets wonky on me. So I don't know, maybe you answered this, but anyways, brand new venue, brand new tournament. The open at Austin this year, it was on a course that we had never seen in years past. Can I talk to us about that? Does it fit your game style? Do you feel like this is a course that you would like to see for the next three to five years? Just kind of talk to us about the course. Yeah. Um, I, I know there was mixed reviews. Um, I think for starters, like, I was surprised that we were playing it because we had never heard of it. And, you know, it's a temp course. There's a bunch of good courses in Austin. Um, and it's just like, hey, here's this course that no one's ever seen before. And it's not, it's never had an A tier, which I think, I thought that was like some sort of qualification is like, it has to be an A tour. Yeah. A, yeah. I thought, I thought that was, but anyway, um, I was, I was happy with it. I thought it was amazing to have an event in Austin because that is the city to be in, in Texas. And, um, especially with that many people in town, uh, you know, for other things, there was an NCAA women's softball tournament that was huge. And, uh, also South by Southwest. And so there was just a bunch of people in Austin. The galleries were insane, like huge. Um, so I thought it was good for that. And also just like, uh, you know, with the elevation, you could just kind of poach, uh, perch up on a hill and just like watch a few different holes. I thought that the spectator viewing was awesome. Um, and then like, as for play, I thought it was good. I thought there was um, a nice variety of like uphill, downhill, flat shots, like 300 foot flat shots. There was like, you know, dog legs, 700 foot dog leg shots. There was all kinds of variety. So I felt like, um, yeah, it was cool for that. You didn't have to just grab the same disc on every hole. Like you really got to throw mids, drivers, putters, fairways, everything. Um, and that's what I'm looking for when I'm when I'm like trying to be excited about a course, I would say. But um, yeah, I know there was a lot of uh, hate about it. I think the biggest thing that I would say if, if we do want to have it there again is um, maybe finding another way to enter the park. There was like really congestion like very very thick congestion going in and out of the course um it was like barely wide enough for one car so when people were trying to get in and get out at the same time it was it was a little difficult but luckily i i was sleeping at the course so i didn't have to deal with that before my round it was just getting out of there yeah i saw some pictures of kind of the log jam it almost reminds you of when you're leaving a concert everyone yeah at totally. the same exact time and totally which you know, it takes forever for the one flagger to get you out yeah which you know in a way like it's all about perspective right like yep. in a way that was cool it's like dang this many people are like rushing to get in this course right now yeah. and like i don't know it was kind of cool but um yeah it was nice like it was night and day better than waco as far as warm-up facilities mm -hmm. so like and honestly it's i would say stands out as like one of the top three places on tour that we've had for warm-ups we actually had two different huge fields where we could have warmed up and like multiple different putting greens and um so yeah i think there was some really good things about it but also some things that um maybe 
need some adjustment if we're going to move play there moving forward. Yeah. With being a first year course, there's obviously a lot of things. Some of the holes maybe be able to change up ways people yeah. are getting in and out of the park. There's definitely room for improvement. I think almost at every single venue you're talking about Waco, which we've seen for a number of years now, still doesn't have that wonderful kind of warm up field, warm up area for the players. Maybe that's something that changes in the 2024 season, but for the open at Austin to keep on going and survive as an elite series event, um, as the course in and of itself, the FPO style was different, or excuse me, the FBO course was different than the MPO course. Did you like the changes that were made for specifically that? Um, like you're saying when, when we would have a FPO pad versus, yes. okay. Or basket. Yep. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, it was, it's cool. You see it at OTB open and there's one other event that's, oh, preserve, I think, but, mm-hmm. um, also with this one, the open at Austin, um, we saw like the FPO actually play a longer hole than the MPO, which I thought was a cool thing to do. And ours is a par four. There's is a par three starting on hole one. Um, I thought the most of the holes were good. I'm trying to think of one that didn't sit well with me. I feel like maybe just like the walk after hole nine, like walking like over you know, three quarters of a mile, almost a mile mm. to get to hold 10 oh, keypad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's, you know, wow. you're halfway through the round and you're like, all right, this is a long walk to just kind of talk to myself and figure out what I need to do or what I'm doing right or whatever. So, um, again, I guess that's, a, that's for the commercial break for the, uh, right, and the viewer right. side of it. That's for them to launch all the commercials at <laughs> right. once at us instead totally. of watching everyone totally. walk over. So totally. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the course was, was set up well. There was, nice the distances on the par threes i think were pretty spot on there was a couple that were like 300 like there was one 300 dead foot one dead dead straight one um Mm -hmm. and then we had some like 340 380 so you got to see all of the different styles of par three as well as par fours so i thought it was good good for us yeah to provide just a little bit of comment on whether an event has to be in a tier and all that i think there's a little bit of uh, leeway there because the event team, I believe, was the same. As far as the TD and the structure of the event that he had run, they knew that it could be yeah. run well. I'm pretty sure that that's where it comes from, although later we're going to talk about our our ideas and comments on how that should work. But um, mm-hmm. so... Well, you had your off season. I think we saw you did your um, disc golf tourist thing with Alyssa mm-hmm. and others. Um, what was that like? I mean, you always love traveling. Yeah. Um, I actually did two back to back. So the first one filled up. And so the company reached out and said, Hey, would you be willing to do two? Um, so I was like, well, sure. I'm already taking a 14 hour flight. Might as well just like make it a little bit longer of a trip. And so, uh, went to Cambodia with, um, a group and, um, we did end up finding a disc golf course out there. There was uh, we were just going to set up temp baskets and do like a little kind of like impromptu thing and like a workshop and just, you know, f- have some fun. But we actually uh, got reached out to on Instagram. and was like, Hey, I actually have a disc golf course here. Come check it out. And so we went and played there and they had a bunch of little kids that um, just like worked for tips that would just go get your discs out of the bamboo <laughs> or whatever it may be. And, um, uh, so that was super fun and just like a culture shock, you know, there's just water Buffalo everywhere you're throwing over them and little mm. kids barefoot running around in the thorns, like getting your disc and having the time of their life. Um, and then, uh, we went to Thailand as well and, um, 
with a different group of people. Two of two of the same people came on that trip, but um, a new new tour guide and new uh, group of people mostly. And we got to play at a course like just south of Chiang Mai called Lana Rocks. It's amazing course, especially FPO. I could see FPO like elite series at that course. I think that course is like a hidden gem that I would highly recommend. Um, but yeah, we got to play some good disc golf and, and go see some countries and explore and, and get to know, you know, my fans and, uh, you know, now friends, uh, in, in another country and travel together. So it was super fun. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of bring this up because for you, these trips, like, is this a refreshing thing for you? Is it an energizing thing? Is it just like in off season mindset or uh, what's your intention for these trips just to travel, just recreational or. Um, I mean, I think a few things, I guess. I mean, yeah, I definitely want to travel the country or the world. I mean, um, and have new experiences. And I, I think one of my favorite things is like, you know, communication, but without words so much, you know, like, and try to, and that's, that's like almost guaranteed when you go to another country, like you don't speak the same language, you have to figure out how to get along with with not speaking the same language. So that's, that's something I, I find to be like super, super fascinating to me. So, mm. um, I love traveling to other countries and, and just like realizing how, how far a smile can go or just like some sort of ge gesture, you know? Um, and yeah, I think there's a part of it of like learning other cultures and helping me appreciate my situation more. And, um, and then also, yeah, connecting with fans, like these people are signing up to go on a vacation with Alyssa and I, so obviously they're fans, but, you know, trying to bridge that gap between like, Hey, you might message me on Instagram or say, Hey, good job at this tournament, but like, let's get to know each other. And like, I want to show you support and for the, all the support you've shown me and like, let's go have some experiences together. And honestly, all whatever how many it was 25 people or something they were just like incredible so we had a great time and i think so, even some of them are friends now moving forward so yeah it's gonna, it's really cool so the disc golf tourist trips wrap up you know the season's right around the corner did you have any different mindsets coming into this year than you've had in previous years was like like i don't know i have no idea where you're coming from in previous seasons but like this year was there any different mindset than other years yeah. Um, yes, for sure. I actually talked about it. So on the disc golf tourist trips, we uh, do like a workshop clinic thing. And, um, you know, a lot of the questions in my clinics are have to do about mental game and stuff like that. And I was just kind of sharing something that I had been thinking about um, where like I've found myself becoming frustrated or angry or sad or disappointed or any of these negative emotions on the disc golf course throughout my career. and. Um, and like, I just kind of took a step back and realized like, man, am I going to even remember that shot that I just threw when I'm like a grandma and I'm like sitting there with gray hair and I'm a grandma? Like, am I even going to remember that shot? No, I'm not. So like, why do I let it in that moment bring me to like almost verging on rage sometimes? Like, you know, I'm like, gritting my teeth and like, you know, and it's just like, wow, you know, it, it's a fleeting thing. I don't, I don't like, uh, 
I'm not like mad at myself for doing that or reacting that way. I think it's just natural. Um, but I'm like just questioning it. Like, why does it make you feel like that? So I just kind of like, if I'm feeling any bit of like, um, I told myself for 2023 goal is like, if I'm feeling any of those emotions, just picture myself as an 80 year old. <laughs> and like, for one, that's going to make me laugh. Cause like, who knows what I'm going to be doing at 80. And also just like, you know, it kind of puts it in perspective of like, Hey, it's not as, as like life altering as you think it is in this moment right now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely been helpful for me. Wow. You can always count on you page to, uh, think through like development of people mentality. I love it. So thank you for bringing that. That's, in, that's incredible. 83. I, I just, uh, imagined you that way. And it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. Everyone what do has you their think? own thought. What do you think? Do you think I'll still have hair? <laughs> now you don't because you said that like i just imagined you without hair <laughs> but no you yeah. had hair you might have had a cane though i wasn't quite sure how that played into it but i i, I, I could rock a cane yeah rock you, a cane. but it's like one of those like fake ones where you get to the t-pad and you just throw it down and it's oh my it. god i swear okay <laughs> i swear i saw that happen this week in austin i went to this like little um i don't even know what kind of music that would be considered maybe like some kind of like americana okay. folky kind of thing yep. and you know where everyone's wearing the cowboy hats and the full get up and stuff and like this man walks in with a cane and he's walking over and then this song <laughs> comes on he puts the cane down and just starts doing like the little two-step thing swinging his wife around i was like okay was that cane for show or what what is going on here <laughs> but that's funny there there was yeah. like a viral video for a while going around with an old guy that did that and he could just dance without the cane but all right, Nick, what do you got? Something else, <laughs> something else. Well, I was going to say, just kind of bringing it more back into the disc golf aspect of things. Um, the 2023 year, we're finally in full swing of everything. You've got the first Elite Series win for your career so far this year. Um, just talk to us, uh, goals for the rest of the season. Kind of mentally, are you playing every single event that's out there? Do you think you'll take some time off, European swing? Um, pretty much just what's going on in the 2023 season. Yeah, so I'm playing... Uh, all elite series and majors except for DDO. Um, and yeah, I'm not playing any silver series. Uh, I guess throw pink is the exception to that because it's not considered a major, but um, it feels like one. So um, yeah, I think I played 24 events last year. I'm playing 22 this year, um, skipping Vegas. And then I don't remember what the other one that I'm not playing this year, maybe just DDO, but anyway. Um, so yeah, full, full schedule still. Um, but yeah, coming home a bit, I actually, um, at home right now, I got home last night and I'm only seven hours to Nashville. So that's going to be great going there and then, uh, coming back after Nashville and then I'm only five hours from champions cup. So, uh, I get to come home a little bit more and kind of reset and kind of similar to tour as last year where, um, you know, if it's, if it's over a one day drive, I'm going to be flying. I don't want to, my body, uh, like I still feel young for sure, but um, I'm just starting to realize what a sore back is and stuff like that. <laughs> like um, definitely using Seth Muncy more often and like, hey, my elbow hurts. Hey, my knee hurts. Like mm. um, and just, you know, having to stretch more and, you know, like watch what I eat and definitely can't sleep on air mattresses anymore. So uh, it's funny. It's really funny, especially because I still get carded to go in a Radio Adar movie. That literally happened uh, very recently. Um, but 
<laughs> I, I, I'm just feeling the effects of, of aging a little bit. So I want to make sure to keep, <clears throat> keep my body young, especially if I'm, you know, coming home in between, I want to show up to the tournament ready. And mm. I, so I'm going to prepare myself and, and fly instead of driving that 24 hours to Vegas mm. or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I think the Portland drive would be something like 30 something hours. So definitely flying to there. And then as far as the um, European swing, I'm, I'm uh, going to Norway this year which will be my first time. Very excited about that. Um, and then European Open for sure. Okay. So Nick, you dropped out once or twice, but I think you're yeah. back. I, no, I, I'm back. I have, a oh, I have two, question, two questions and they're actually separate, but I want to get them both out there. One is you had mentioned DDO. You said you're not playing it. It seems like that's a trend of some sorts. The chat is like, hey, can, can she elaborate on that at all? Do you have any elaboration why that's an event you seem to miss? Um. Well... Okay. I guess we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, well, for one, it just it falls on Alyssa's birthday, okay, and which also is the same weekend as Bonnaroo Music Festival, and the mar uh, the marketing director is a disc golfer, and so I'm doing a disc golf installment where, um, like on one of the stages, it'll be like, "Hey, putting with Paige Pierce," and so like literally, it's like, you know, Kendrick Lamar, you know, wow, whoever Odessa, and then it's like putting with Paige Pierce, and so like nice. for me. I, I kind of talked about this uh, with uh, Blake Schaefer. He's my yeah. agent and just helping me to make some of these decisions. And I'm, and I'm coming to like, at this point in my career, I know any single event is going to thrive with or without me. Um, but disc golf would not thrive at this huge music festival with hundred thousand people without me there. So um, yeah, like having that platform and that opportunity. And also, um, he said, you know, like, we're going to do some like, um, like, uh, promo videos where like I'm backstage with one of those artists and they're putting like backstage right before or right after they get off stage. Um, so like stuff like that, um, where that artist may share that and then their, um, platform on their platform. And then all those viewers are like, what? you know, Kendrick Lamar is playing disc golf. Hopefully I'm just throwing his <laughs> yeah, name out there because yeah. I'm hoping, but, um, yeah, it, it would just, I think be huge, but also I just DDO is one that I don't mind skipping because it's the golf isn't like exciting to me. I don't, I don't go out there and feel excited. I'm pretty much throwing the same disc on every hole. Um, and while I do play well there, I don't, it, it doesn't like fuel my fire. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to, to play the events that ignite that fire in me and make me want to be there instead of like, Oh, why am I here? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Also just with all the BS that transcended at worlds last year, just, I don't want to see or talk to that country club guy ever again if i could help it wow um we never talked to you about that and i'm not going to bring it all up right now but at some point maybe that'd be an interesting years down the road to talk about that maybe maybe you're like never <laughs> again but worlds um i know the last couple of years especially when you were doing the documentary and this may have been just coincidence of the documentary but you were so focused on worlds you made trips to the courses during the season um, really trying to get that practice in. Is that a thing for you still where you're like, that is the event? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
one one million percent um this year i i mean i don't have any trips planned to vermont i mean definitely not right now it's very cold um (laughs) i'm a i'm a cold baby that's why i skipped las vegas and i'm happy because it snowed so and there's Um, snow in vermont still yeah yeah yeah. that's what i was gonna say i just talked to evan with the pro tour and he just got back from there and it's it's uh snowy so um yeah it's uh not something that's on my radar right now i probably will make a trip there on one of my off weeks um and especially because i haven't necessarily played that event super well over i mean i've 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 won there before but it's it's never easy i'm like whoa i did it you know and it's mm-hmm. not like uh a place that i like brewster mostly i you know it's it's one thing to be off the fairway but out there at Brewster, if you're off the fairway, you're also OB on a lot of those holes. So sometimes it can feel like a double penalty. So really, I want to go focus my efforts on Brewster. So I'll probably make a trip up there at some point just to kind of get a couple rounds in. But I'm going to wait till it gets a little warmer. Yeah, no, definitely. Have any closing thoughts, Nick? I got one more if you don't. Nope, I think that pretty much covers it on my side. All right, last one, Paige. Thank you for your time so much. Um, You had mentioned, I think it was the middle of... I'm going to get it wrong. I already said you were the Waco winner. <laughs> I think it was the middle of Waco. You talked <laughs> about um, your pace of play, your individual pace of play and the way you had practiced and then coming in and you were taking more time on each of your throws. And you felt like maybe that, no pun intended, threw you off. Um, and you started shifting. People noticed at this event, or at least they were commenting, it seemed like your pace of play was efficient. I don't know how else to say it. And do you feel like your pace of play changed and that's helping you? Yeah, no, definitely. It was a very conscious thing. And um, yeah, like, like, just like you said, yeah, I I was practicing this offseason. And it wasn't like I wasn't standing on the edge of the tee pad pretending like this was for a pro tour title or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I was throwing well, and I was feeling so confident. And then I go into Waco and um, I shoot a terrible first round. And I'm like, man, why did that feel so different? Like, I felt so confident going into this round. Like, why did that feel so different? And, and that was, uh, you know, Hmm. what I, what I concluded is like, man, I was really just like thinking too much and letting too much time go. And like, all these thoughts are just like, okay, don't hit that tree. And if you, and okay. And if you did, you know, and just like, just all this chatter in my mind. And, um, so, you know, I'm still taking enough time to choose my disc. What's my angle? Where's my aiming point? Boom. And that's it. And get it out of my hand before I let any thoughts go in. And, you know, it works super well for Alexis and Valerie, both the Mondujanos and Paige Shu. And um, there might be a couple MPO players. I'm not sure. I don't watch the MPO quite as mm-hmm. as strongly as I do. But yeah, it works well for me, for them. And, you know, also for me now, I'm I'm learning that, you know, even though I've been doing this for so long, there's still things that I can tweak and, and improve on. And I think this is very clearly something that um, is helping me. I, I feel like I've always had the skill set. It's just my mind is my worst enemy. So um, when I'm playing catch, I'm I'm literally going to hit you in the chest almost every time. So And that's like, hey, it comes in, you catch it, boom, rapid fire right away. And yeah. so I'm like, man, I just need to go play catch with that basket. And I totally was like, my fierce was just like coming in like butter right under the basket. And it just felt good. And it felt like, you know, one of my friends was over there waiting to catch it. So I'm definitely, yeah, totally. I'm definitely yeah. going to continue that for the remainder of the season and maybe into the rest of my career. 
Awesome. I know as viewers, we always appreciate it. the faster people play. It's nice not having <laughs> yeah. to wait 45 seconds. Yeah, I did it for people. you guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. All, so yeah. you yeah. got to look at it from both sides. But no, I, I can totally agree <laughs> with that. I think a lot of players do kind of overthink their shots a little bit. Now there are certain situations in the cold, the rain, the wind, anything like that, where sometimes you do have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah, but for the players who can kind yeah. of just get up, they have probably, they've thrown this shot millions of times. They know how to do it. Getting up and doing it, I think, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm taking it for sure. I know I've messed up in the past <laughs> trying to be too serious in big moments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, thank you, Paige, for your time so much. Did we miss anything that you'd like to talk about? I know sometimes you have big things going on that you say, hey, I'd love to share with the listeners. But is there anything? Uh, I mean, I just want to give you the know, platform. I, I think I just, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I would love to just thank my sponsors in the 2023 season. I mean, uh, Discraft again. Uh you know, I, I, I think it's pretty clear, you know, I, I felt very confident with my discs and they were flying super good for me or getting my Zeus's way out there. And I think I, I, I don't know if, uh, they were mentioning what disc I was throwing at all, but, uh, my, the pink driver that I was throwing was a crush and, uh, that got me a lot of key birdies, um, in the final two rounds for sure. And just the fierce and the buzz, I was just like relying on those heavily and, my partnership with them is, has been so, so beneficial for my career and just like my, my mindset and everything. And, uh, also to grip equipment and, um, LWS or, um, Schaefer, Schaefer sports for also like helping me to manage all of these relationships and to strengthen them and, um, let me, you know, focus on golf and not, Hey, okay. I need to check in with this sponsor, this sponsor, mm-hmm. but also OTB and idios idio shoes. I just signed that deal and I'm super happy with them. I haven't, I didn't have one slip, um, even in the wet day one, no, no waterproofing issues. And it's nice to have a shoe that's literally designed for disc golfers. Um, I got to have a meeting with them and he literally walked me through every inch of the shoe and was like, this is why I did this. And I was like, wow okay, that is a lot of thought that went into that. So it's cool to align myself with another company that's so disc golf centric. And uh, I think I have one more sponsor coming, but I don't think it's uh, quite ready to announce. But yeah, thanks to all of the the support that I've I've been getting and yeah, friends and family and everybody out there that's cheering me on. It's, uh, It's cool to be back playing disc golf and I'm excited for Nashville. Disc golf is better when you're at your best page. We love it. We love watching it. So thank you very much. All right. Have a great right, evening, Paige. Yeah, Thanks. you guys too. All right. Bye-bye. Peace. All right. Two things. The chat, someone in the chat, I mean, maybe they weren't around last year, but what happened at Worlds? I'm not going to get into every detail, but police were called. He said, she said, um, it had to do with Paige being in a practice round and it was a, he said, she said, and that's all I'll say. You can look it up online and find out more, but Paige said that was a big deal to her. And I just wanted to comment that was portion of what that was, but also jerky is always in season. There is no off season. Um, in fact, it, for our viewing, viewing audience, whoop, look at that. Just do the flat build to the front. And I'm wearing a double G craft jerky hat. This jerky is so tender so flavorful my favorite is the boom sauce or the smash crack pepper or the garlic lover's dream Sexton's the best. or uh, yep so, okay so they're all my favorite yeah um they're all really good except yeah. for the boom sauce but that's no. because they can't handle the heat <laughs> you can handle as ben says intern ben the other day is like if you can't handle the fire stay out of the kitchen yeah they can't handle the yeah. heat stay out of the kitchen so anyways we love double g craft jerky um 
meat is good, and when it's done right, it makes your mouth water. When your mouth waters, you're enjoying something usually. So you're going to enjoy a bag of uh, Double G Kraft Jerky. This is a portion of it goes to help charity. Um, Double G, the player himself, um, is giving back to the community. So when you purchase this product, it gives back to the community, as well as Paul McBeth Foundation is part of this. And just in general, you're going to enjoy this during the rounds. I've been having this jerky as a, as a way of getting me through a lot of the flights that I've been doing lately and the travel I've been doing. Um, it is a protein snack that helps get you through your round or your day. Visit Double G Craft Jerky. And get yourself a bag or get, get a whole subscription. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, get the subscription. You never have to worry about it again. You just sign up for it, and every single month you're going to have new beef jerky on your way, and then eventually you'll actually have the brand new flavor that they are coming out with. So be on the lookout for that from the Double G Craft Jerky. Yes. So without really any further ado, we do have in our green room, and he's been there a little while. We've been entertained. I, we can see you. But, you know, <laughs> we've been entertained for a little bit. But uh, Howdy, partner. Yeah, howdy, partner. That's that's a good one, intern. Howdy, howdy partner. partner. Okay, well, let's bring into the show. Welcome into the show, Gannon Burr, everybody. Welcome to the show, Gannon. We're excited to have you. How is it going, dude? Been going good. I'm just so excited to get my first delay series. When, um, yeah. Howdy, partner. <laughs> it seems like every podcast I go on, the, the boys are just never paying attention. So they're, uh, they're chatting up over there. Hopefully they'll quiet down, but, uh, I'm doing good. Okay. Who, uh, who all are you with right now? Uh, Gavin, Alden, and Isaac. Okay. Well, later on in the interview, they'll have to come over and say hello to everyone. <laughs> you know, us at the Nick and Matt show. I think we've had all of them except for Gavin on oh. at this point. So we'll have to have Gavin make a quick little debut, but anyways, for sure, let's get right into talking about disc what's golf. On your head? Open at Austin. What, no, yeah, what's on, exactly. tell, tell our, tell our listeners what's on your head. Cause some of them are listening. Gannon, explain it to us. It's your trophy, right? It's my trophy. I won a cowboy hat. I don't <laughs> think it's called like Stetson or something. It's some nice brand I've been told. Um, I don't know much about it, but I just thought it'd be kind of funny if I wore it for the interview. So that's what I have that's on beautiful. right now. No, it's perfect. Yeah, it actually, it's a good looking cowboy hat. <laughs> there is such a thing, but it's awesome to see you wearing it. Nick, I, I cut you off because I wanted that hat to be explained before we get into the interview yeah. so people can imagine it. So now go ahead. No, but realistically, man, you are one of four players now to win a Silver Series event, an Elite Series event, and a Major. And you've actually done that all within, what, the last six months, eight months or so? And so pretty incredible. The only other three players are Chris Dickerson, Paul McBeth, and Ricky Wysocki. So that puts you in the caliber of players that, man, you've been showing us you can play with every single week in and week out. Kind of just talk to us. Your post-round interview was great, but give everyone who wasn't able to watch that, give us the rundown of how the weekend went. Yeah, day one was really windy. Um, I was actually fortunate to play a little bit later in the day, so I think the wind was down just a little bit. Um, it was probably still consistently like 15, 20, gusts of 30. Um, so I, my putting has been feeling really terrible these, I mean, the entire season so far. Um, I haven't had really one, one week where my, I feel good with my putter. Um, so I had to kind of make things work. I, I haven't had a great, you know, usually I either have a step putt or a step through putt and, or sometimes I stand still and usually I pick one of them. And, you know, this weekend I did all three just cause I was just confused on what to do. Cause nothing felt good. Um, so 
like kind of grinded that out after round two a little bit, just kind of trying to figure out something that would work. And I got something a little bit figured out. It's not like a permanent fix for sure, but it's, it's something uh, I've also noticed my putt has got super nose down, which I don't love, especially when it gets windy out. It gets so nose down to a point where I can literally see the entire bottom of the disc when I putt. And it just makes it, it makes it hard to get the disc to the basket. And especially if I'm putting, um, in any type of headwind, it just drops so hard. Like I have to aim super high. I have to putt it super hard and it kind of just throws off my stroke a little bit. Um, but yeah, I started off really windy round one and I kind of just told myself play safe. I, I've been playing a little bit more aggressive the last couple of events and I kind of made a plan to play more golf and play more position instead of, you know, I, I was previously going a little bit more aggressive on par fours where, um, you know, last weekend or this weekend, I was kind of just playing more conservative and then attacking on the second shot to always give myself a look for birdie. Um, and yeah, I started off round one with my first bogey, uh, bogey free round of the year. And that felt good because I hadn't had one since in the, uh, what is it, seven, seven pro tour rounds so far. So my eighth round was my first bogey free. And um, yeah, moving on to round two, it got, got really nice conditions. It wasn't, I mean, condition, I mean, weather wasn't like too nice really. I mean, the last couple of days were not windy at all, really. Maybe just slight breezes, maybe some gusts at some times. It was, it was like 55 to 60 degrees, so not ideal for what I'm looking for, especially because I have a hard time in cold weather. Uh, I always have hand warmers. So um, if it's under like 70, I pretty much have a hand warmer, uh, hand warmer no matter what. And uh, yeah, day two was a little bit rough, I guess, in the middle section. I started off five for five and then kind of slowed down, got a couple bad breaks couple just like missed putts like I, i'd putt and i'd just putt it lb like i'd cost myself a stroke 120 foot roll away uh so towards the middle of that round everything kind of fell off and then was able to go birdie birdie eagle to get me right back in it and uh had a chance to take the lead going into 18 and threw out of bounds on 18 so uh you know that wasn't fun but uh you know it all worked out okay um i, I want to <laughs> comment real quick something that made me off camera be like what under 70 degrees gannon under 70 and you're wearing a you're using hand warmers yep yep what it's bad i, I don't i think it's just because like i was told it's because i'm like still kind of young and i'm like really tall and growing fast so my blood actually has a hard hard time like getting to my fingertips kind of in a way okay so um uh i'll yeah i'll just have a hard time extending my finger basically and it's hard to get a lot of spin on the putts and like that pop I need to. So I'll either miss like left and right, no spin, wobbly. It's just kind of a mess. So mainly just for the putting though. Hey, I'm not quite in the similar place of less than 70 degrees, but I, I am a comfort player. Uh, mittens with hand warmers in them. I, yeah, absolutely. Good idea for oh, you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wear shorts every single disc golf round, no matter <laughs> really how cold it is. The only round I've worn pants is round one at Waco last year. And that was like, 35 with 35 mile per hour winds. So, dude, that was one of the um, worst days to ever wear shorts around one at Waco last year. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm pretty immune to that other than that round. So, uh, I, I, I like to keep my layers pretty loose and like, I, I guess, tight layers, less layers. So, I don't have really, it's not getting in the way. I, I don't like to wear sweatshirts when I play. If I have to, I will, but I try to like wear just like tight layers and, and layer up a lot. Okay. Um, what's your, we, we asked Paige, but we'll ask you like your, your general opinions on the course. Like when did you know what the course was and what was your excitement level and how do you feel about it now? 
Well, so uh, originally, me and Silas Schultz, so I uh, stayed in the hotel with the last couple of weeks. We went out to play just, I think, the, the day after Waco. And we were we ran into Pauling Beth, Tristan Tanner, uh, Austin Turner, and Adam Hammes. And we saw, we met up with Tr- We didn't actually know where hole one was at because of the, the parking lot's not really by the, uh, by like hole one at all. You have to shuttle up there and there's no road either to get there. So we started on hole nine and we ran into them and Tristan ended up just walking off the course because he said he, he's like, this is the worst course I've ever played. <laughs> and so my, my hopes were like not too high then. I played it myself and I thought it was actually a decent course. Was, I think it was like a couple holes, maybe two or three holes I thought were pretty bad, like hole six, like that spike highs around the corner that is so difficult, especially with like bad wind. And then hole 17 is not great either. But I think, I think it, if you look at the scoring separation and hole one was the other hole, I didn't think it was good just because there was no score separation. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like it was a pretty good course. And especially like coming down the stretch, I mean, 17 did make things exciting and 18 was, a, I think a great finishing hole just on how it played. Tee shots pretty easy, but you still need to throw it kind of far to get up where you want to. And I was probably 370 out every day. And uh, I just go with the mid range into the green, a little bit uphill, and uh, throw it hard. Uh, first couple of days, I turned it over. One win OB right. Um, so I just corrected that, that final day to put it close because, I mean, there's no good way to play hole 18 safe, in my opinion, especially because I'm so bad at like short putter shots. So I wasn't just going to like lay up to the bottom of the hill and then throw up because that would have been straight out of bounds. I probably would have lost. Um, and uh yeah I, I thought it was a pretty good course actually i think they can probably improve it a little bit especially just with feedback and if they have it at this property next year for sure um but i thought it was pretty good i thought it made it for exciting disc golf which is what the fans want to see and it was great for spectating we had a ton of spectators out there it's probably the most spectators i've ever played in front of which was really cool mm. so Elaborate a little bit. Hole 18. I, I was going to ask you this question, but you led right into it. You said, hey, if I laid up, probably would have lost the thing. Um, but isn't it also true? You So you're just saying you played the odds. You said I'm more confident with the, the shot going for it. Is that is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I'd, I'd rather go for that shot than, than throw it short and lay it up. Like if, if you put me 200 feet away, I would get up and down less than I would from 350 okay. feet. 100%. And, and That's because I'm, I'm so bad at that shot. Okay. I hope you're working on that. No, <laughs> but I'm try- I've been trying to, I just, I can't seem to get my, like I, people have been telling me to fan grip and I even talked with Yuli about it for a little bit. I just, I can't seem to get it right. I don't know if it's my long fingers, long arms, Okay, but bad timing when it comes to short shots. I just can't, I can't throw short shots. All right. Well, you, you didn't need it this week, but uh, you, I was, I'll just say it as a viewer interested in what's happening. I was really, sub- I was, pleasantly surprised to see you go for it as a fan i like it as a competitive mindset i'm going that's that's awesome a strategic one i'm going wow and then but you did it but i thought to myself was your mindset this at all gannon you just said you know you're playing your odds your favorite had you gone ob up there is that also in your head you're like i would be up there with still a chance for a putt you know to save par oh yeah i took that differently um i thought you meant like because i i'd gone ob during round two right ob Okay. And round one, I think I got lucky to not go right OB. And I threw the same disc every round. I'd go over stable D3 and then M2 into the green every time. Okay. And so. <laughs> Gannon has a gallery, a peanut gallery behind oh him. God. So for our listeners. They- uh, yeah, I, already, I always know something's going on. I hear Alden's just his little wheezy laugh. <laughs> in the background. We can't hear it, but you can't. 
Yeah. He's recording um, a vlog, that's why. Yeah, he's de- he's definitely recording a vlog. <laughs> um so yeah, back in the 18. Okay. I yeah, gotta be right. And after day two, I was so mad because I'd had a, the hottest start of anybody in uh, round two. Anyone had the whole tournament. I was six through seven. Um, and I, I was like, I kind of play, obviously had those a couple bad breaks and bad play during the middle of that round. I was like two over through like a certain like seven hole stretch in the middle of round two. Um, obviously brought it back. And then, yeah, hole 18 in the final round, I just turned it over too much. And I was like, I'm so mad. So I went, I went down actually after my round two, uh, went, went back and threw about seven, six or seven shots well, with different discs, just trying to figure out what would work better. I tried a forehand to see if that worked, but the ceiling on the left side over the car path was too low. And it like, if you hit the car path, I think you skip OB right. If you air it, you skip OB right. If you put it too high, it hits the canopy and falls down, still OB. So I was like, oh, nope, sidearm is definitely not a play. So then I, then I threw a couple different discs backhand. I even tried to putter. Putter is a little too slow to get underneath the low ceiling. So I just stuck with my mid range. And um, it's a common mistake I do a lot is if I'm scared, I overcorrect on the mistake. And I see a lot of players, a lot of players do that, um, especially in like high pressure situations. So I, I just told myself, like, just just commit to it. And I think I, I probably only took like 10 to 15 seconds on that M2 shot coming in hole 18 final round yesterday, mm-hmm. just because I, I told Gavin, like, I'm just going to throw it confidently. I'm not going to think too much about it. And um, the way the way the car path is, it sits pretty level with the ground. So I'm like, if I if I hang it out too wide, it's gonna hit the path and still be in bounds. So that was my that was my only goal, just to land in bounds. And the best way to do that was to try to park it. I feel like. Yeah, and I I totally was like, he's feeling it. And meaning like w- yeah. the, when it came out of your arm, I was like, I guess that was the best decision to make, and you did it. You executed. So uh, amazing, amazing job there. Um, intern Ben has a question for you. Yes, intern Ben here. You gonna go you on yourself? Oh, there yeah, you I go. guess. <laughs> um, so, kind of not to do with the event, but Paige was talking about. We had Paige earlier. She was talking about how something her method that's been really helping her play well is getting the disc, looking at her line where she wants to aim, uh, choosing the angle, and just throwing without really thinking. Um, I just want to see what you are thinking about on the t t box and um. What's your approach to you know hitting your lines and stuff like that? Is it just don't think and go, or is it more methodical? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the exact opposite. I if I'm not thinking, I'm throwing OB. So uh, I have to exactly see my line. I I like try to get a couple pumps in. And I visualize exactly what angle I want it on, like how much angle, um, even like the slightest amount of wind. I'll adjust a little bit according to my line. Um, so I'm. I'm not only picking an area to place it in, I'm picking a way to get to that area, yeah. which for me is most of the time an overstable and hyzer out of the hand to flex. That's the best way I can hit my hit my lines. Good question. And you said that in the past, the Anheuser reliefs, especially throughout the woods. Is that just something that from a young age you just learned when you first started playing that that was the most comfortable? Do you work <laughs> on the hyzer flip really? Or you know what is the reasoning for that? Yeah, I, I was always a hyzer flip player to begin with. I'd take a super flippy disc and just throw it down the gut, and I wouldn't think much. But as I've gotten better and and thought more, like I, I think just straight shots, especially like mid ranges, is just a cheat code. Like if you can throw a mid range, you know, four hundred feet, that's big reason why Isaac did so good at Idlewild is because he can just throw a mid range super far um, compared to, I mean, far and accurate compared to a lot of players. 
and be comfortable uh, comfortable with it. And I feel the same way. So, I, I mean, I can throw a mid-range probably 410, 20 feet maybe if I need to. And it flies almost like a putter. It just It's straight, especially if you find the right one. And I feel like I feel like hyzer flips don't work that well when hitting hitting gaps in a way because you you have to start it out on the hyzer and usually you'd have to aim at like one of the trees on the right and then you'd flip it up through the gap. Um, I guess it kind of depends on the shape of the hole, but like when, once that disc starts to fade, it's just gonna dump because it's once it loses that uh, that you know speed, it's just gonna dump and it's their hyzer flips are just super touchy in specific shots. If you throw them right, they can, they can hit super cool lines that a flex shot can't. But I think with a flex shot, especially with the slightly overstable mid-range, slight Anheuser out of, out of the hand at the left side, and it just gets to flat and goes flat the whole way. Where something flippy, I just think it's uncontrollable. For me personally, leaning over, it's harder to hit gaps. Even when I'm so leaned over, if I'm you know more upright and just keeping a flat level pull through, that's how I hit my gaps the best. Gotcha. Good. Do you feel like that made you develop more power in your shots as well is ripping through a little bit more overstable stuff on the Anheuser line. Do you think that correlated to in the more open spaces, you know, throwing further? Um, not necessarily. I think, I think I, I, I've just thrown further just by like getting a little bit stronger, a little bit quicker, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit taller. Um, I, I can't throw far at all. If I throw on Heiser, if I throw on Heiser out of my hand, it's, 500 feet max like there's i can't get past that at all um you know but if i throw flat or slight ante out of the hand i can hit 600 so yeah i don't know i just i don't know how that works but a lot of people like kevin jones especially he throws on extreme hyzer double g like they're all super hyzer and getting to this to do the work i'm more putting it on the angle and let it kind of just ride i don't know that's just kind of how i've developed though Okay. There's nothing wrong with that because it's working. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> it's working. It's true. Um, you yeah. are the youngest to win an elite series, if I'm not mistaken, and you were the youngest to do USDGC as a title. Um, and you're one of you said Nick right is four one of four to do yeah, this. One of four players uh, also had the silver series along with that. I heard in your post round interview, Gannon. Um, you mentioned that, who was it? One of your friends there, Isaac or Alden. It's a, it's a X major. What? A, come on, man. No, it, it's, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Alden always loves to give me crap for no reason. <laughs> okay. That's what it is. Also, we just, we actually to mention it. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but the debate Alden aced hole 15 at round one at the open office. And he said, it's not an ace because there's no ace pot. <laughs> I think that's the no. most ridiculous thing I've Take ever heard. Take a pull. Hold on. That's, We're going to pull no. 500 live think, concurrent I, right now. Intern Ben will throw the pull up. Is it an ace or not? If there is. Ridiculous. Is it no, an ace or not? Ridiculous. It could be that simple. The, the yes answer no. is simple. It counted as a one on his scorecard. It's what we can see in UDISC and the PDG <sighs> live scoring. It is a one. It took one throw to get into the basket. The debate goes on. Is an ace. The debate goes on, though. Is the it, poll is live. How does it go on past like, that? People used to say if it wasn't in a tournament. It wasn't an ace, like until you had a tournament ace. Like it's not an ace. Like, is it an ace in my backyard if I throw a first shot? Like, you know, like where does it stop, Nick? Where does it stop? A seventy-five jump putt, like short hole, is that an ace? Look, if that's from the tee pad <laughs> to the basket, and it took you one throw to finish that right. hole, it's an ace. It's a, it was now, an ace, Gannon. What do you th- what do you results think? Results are in on the chat. What's what's the result? Um, it says 67% no, 
Oh, thirty-three percent. No, it's rigged. Seventy. Wait, <laughs> it knows we're seventy percent for a second. It's really going back and forth. It's back down to sixty-six, saying no. So I'm surprised. No, I put two no's. That's why no yeses. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give Alden us a real. Says, if it, it was an sorry. ace, where's my ace? Pot? Give us the real poll. Okay, Gannon, Alden, put that in the feedback then for the tournament next year. It open at Austin. Request that there's an ace pot. It's it's yeah, and his, his an other ace. argument is like it has to be in a round that you only throw one shot. Like and that. Like if if I that's if what I, he did. I know, and he says it's not an ace. He's like, "There's no ace pot." He's like these dumb rules. It is an ace. And he, he's laughing over here because you know how stupid he is. Alden's in the chat, <laughs> but, by the way, again. Alden's literally in the chat, riling them up. That's why. Oh my gosh. Yep, he's riling them up. He's skewing um, the results. So he probably he's probably voted like a hundred times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with all of his burner Refresh accounts. The page, There's only Refresh one voted page, no, vote. and it's probably Alden. All right. So you talk about not losing your temper on the course in your post round interview. Shout out to that. Um, I think, you know, some would say you're wise beyond your years. You mentioned, you know, Eagles wings um, and just all transparency. Is that something that comes up often at these meetings that you go to? Or is this a one time thing and it just stood out to you to remember that? Like, is that something you struggle with often your temper on the course? Like what, what made you think to say that? Um. I've, I've, I haven't really struggled too much with temper on, on, on the course. It's just like randomly, like some tournament, I, I could just get super angry at shots. Um, like, you know, I remember like worlds last year was really bad for me. It was just cause I wanted to win so bad. Um, Ida wild in 2021, like I can name the exact tournaments where I've had bad temper ledge show in 2021. And like some people, like one guy was, can you turn that off? I can literally hear it. <laughs> So, um, Gannon, you're doing excellent. It's like the uh, the speech jammer app that used to be a thing. They're like, yeah, I, did, I can hear myself yeah. talk in my ear. <laughs> That's horrible. I might, just need, I might just need to put both AirPods in so I don't have to hear it anymore. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Simon Lazat says he's had zero aces in his life. By the way, just interject. He said that in the comments. Zero aces in his life then. So, <laughs> so stupid. All right, Gannon. Sorry I um, cut you off, but it was really the room you're in. They're cutting you off. So get back to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're good now. We're good now. Um, so yeah, I, I just made it. In, uh, I've had I've had bad attitude in the past on just certain tournaments, and some people have noticed it. And I just like, I want to, you know, I think that's a big thing too. Is like you want people to know like how like how you act on the course is a big thing, especially. Uh, I mean, I, I know like a lot of sounds weird but like a lot of people do look up to me and i, I don't want to be a, a bad influence on anybody um i mean i'm sure I, i'll get frustrated every once in a while now but I'm, I'm gonna try my best to just stay calm i mean like i said i don't think i got mad like at not one time at any shots because there's always more holes to play and uh you know I, I think i said i was like you know it doesn't matter if you're in front of like a couple people or a couple thousand people you always just want to you know look your best on the course and you know represent just represent yourself well. There you go. I like that last line because I'm like the competitor in you. You know, it comes out. But yeah, I guess do your best, man. Uh, that's cool. Sometimes you just want it so bad. And like it when you can feel it slipping through your fingers, it, it feels off. I mean, I remember telling myself at Worlds last year, I was already like 10 strokes back with two rounds of play. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go 13, 13 and win this thing. <laughs> and when, when I'm like one down through not, and I'm just like feeling it slip through my fingers, you know. That's a terrible feeling. So it's a horrible feeling. It's so bad. And we saw it with Ricky. Ricky was like laying on the fence last year after he, you know, he 
I'm not sure what round it was, but he was already pretty far back last year. And he does traditionally pretty good in Emporia. And to not win that for him, he probably broke him pretty good too. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Speaking of Ricky, and I know we're here for you today, but did you happen to see him or talk to him or during any of the rounds? I mean, he dropped out with three holes left. Any, anything that you saw? Uh, no, that's a little confusing. Me dropping out with three holes left. I feel like you, there's somewhat. I think. I mean, he was. I don't think he was in the cash. I'm not sure if that. I mean, that matters at all. I mean, I, I don't know. know. I think there, um, it was fifty. I think it was fifty yeah. something going into that round. But I don't know what the cash line was. I didn't look. Yeah. Well, he just went bogey, 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 and then he dropped with three holes to play. Like I don't know. I, he could have played lefty or something. I don't know. Okay. I feel like I would have finished if that was me, but. um I don't know, uh, but you didn't see, I, you didn't I, like, I, I you did, didn't talk to him. No, I didn't, I didn't really see him much because okay. we teed up at such di- right. uh, at different times. Um, I saw him in practice one time, but I was on the phone with somebody. So I was, I was like, I didn't talk to him at all. Okay. But What's up two times? I, I mean, I, I just stayed at his house for Memorial. So we talked like that whole week and right. he, he couldn't even, he couldn't even like hold a putter. He couldn't even hold a putter and putt at 10 feet. Wow. So, you know, hopefully he's, hopefully he's getting better and just rest and, probably just rest up for champions cup. Um, I mean, there's, there's tons of elite series left that he can do good at. So yeah, he should be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a few things you haven't accomplished yet. <laughs> a world championship and a pro- novice win. Yeah. A novice win, a which novice you can't win, go back man. to that one. Yeah. yeah. Just I don't like even that, think though. about that anymore. I like that. Wear that as a chip on your shoulder and that's how you finish out your season, your career. Um, and you haven't been a pro tour points winner. Um, which one do you, I'm transitioning from the Ricky conversation. Which one do you hide, hold in a higher esteem worlds win or pro tour points win? Which one are you going for? I mean, both, no, it's not even close, Both, yeah. but if you Just had worlds but if you, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Worlds. yeah. worlds for sure. That's, I, I think I have a good chance this year too. It's uh GMC, uh, a big green mountain is my, some of my favorite courses on the planet. So they're probably like combined, like, I don't know. I'd say combined, like just the area itself is probably number one. WR Jackson's actually my favorite course for Champions Cup, which I'm. That's another tournament I'm looking to do good at because I I I think I have a ton of fun at that course, which is important. Um, okay, Gavin's saying he's gonna kill me because he wants to win Champions Cup more. Um, <laughs> he just went. <laughs> Shut um, up, bro! I'm gonna win that one. He did good last year. We both got top five, so that yeah. felt good. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for for those two tournaments, but I'm looking at Worlds a lot. I definitely want to play good there. Um, good. is this out of place to ask if you're gonna throw Prodigy discs at Worlds? Uh, I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have a comment on that for this time. Okay. Okay. Uh, Working hey, on a resolution. Yeah. I, I had to. I had to ask five weeks ago. Yeah. Five weeks well, ago, fair. you said you're done, and then we know pub- publicly what was released, and I know that. You're currently throwing prodigy discs. The chat, everybody under the sun wanted us to ask that. Um, and so I'll ask one more follow-up. You said you had no comment on that. Let me ask about this. You just got a win. Do you have any understanding right now if there is a, um, I guess, would it be um, a signature disc of some sorts for winning this tournament? Do you have any information on that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would expect, I'd expect one to come out. 
Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, we yeah. ask a lot of our guests that if they win and they, they try to give us that information. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Well, then if it does, everyone's going to buy that disc. It's going to get bought up and that'll be an awesome way to support you as well. So we'll wait to hear more on the front of uh, all the legal happenings. I understand you're in an interesting situation, but you said it's seeking to be resolved. Uh, is it, we know with um, Brody at that point, a couple weeks ago, you said about two weeks. Do you think it's still, it's just something that's lingering? Is it, do you have any idea of when that might re be resolved? No, okay. I have no idea. It's, it's just so, it's just a slow process. Understood yeah understood yeah. It's, it's it's franklin anyway so <laughs> i'll just spoil that from for now go people, check it out real we've already spoiled it people are still <laughs> like is this for real like and then there's people in there like <laughs> it blew so up entertained real. yeah they're so entertained they're like i can't believe you think this is for real so like there's all different people in there but um well good um nick what, what did we miss talking about for this event or anything well, i guess kind of um you know, not even so much with the event, but just your travel situation in general. It seems like you're at an Airbnb with a bunch of your really close friends, a lot of competitors with you and good camaraderie. Talk to us a little bit how that has kind of been, you know, helping you throughout the last couple of seasons, just finding a core group of dudes to hang out with. And just talk to us about that for the people. You know, there's a lot of van lifers out there, Airbnbers, hotelers, everything, you know, all up and down in the disc golf world. And you seem like you found a pretty solid crew of people to hang out, work out and compete with, you know, just kind of talk to us about that. Yeah. It's, it's a little confusing because I'm, I don't have a van or a car or a license. So somebody has to drive me everywhere I go. And usually the payment is they would maybe get to stay in the hotel. If there's like an extra bed. Um, we're in a hotel right now, actually. It's a super nice hotel. It was pretty cheap too. Um, <laughs> Oh. oh, and just like that, oh, Gannon no. drops out. Leave, leave his camera. We'll see if he comes back. Oh, I bet you someone's calling him. <laughs> Somebody's calling. Hey, could be. Can you hear us? Sometimes it mutes the mic Someone when he comes call, back. I bet you one of his buddies called him. What happened? Okay, yeah, so we muted. can't hear him. So, Gannon, if you yeah. can hear us, you got to cl close it out and c click that link again. There's some weird, I don't know if it has to do with iPhone or something, but like if they get yeah. interrupted in the middle of it, it knocks them out of the app and then it like when they come back their audio is muted sorry about that yeah. but um hey he's he's out for a second he would oh no he's back we'll talk about it after he's gone <laughs> hey can you hear us gannon oh my goodness we can't hear him can we uh oh yeah, yes yeah, okay yeah, okay yeah. he's back yeah. here we go all right cool yeah did did yeah. one of your buddies Cole, in the room Cole call you? tried calling me ah see there we go no no Cole, Cole tried calling me. He's not in the room. Oh, okay, that's fair. Oh, he um, he he went off this this last round, didn't he? Or his second round? Second, second round, round, and then he got he got third at uh at Waco, which is yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. He, he's always had the game. It, it was just about time he I mean, he played, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah. So I don't have a car or license, obviously. So last couple weeks for Waco and Open Austin, uh, I was able to split a hotel with Silas Schultz, which. I guess just help financially a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then Alden was nice enough to drive us around everywhere. Um, so thank you to him for putting up for us being annoying. And uh, yeah, uh, so I don't, ideally I'd like to have a van or something, but at the same time, I also like hotels. <laughs> I just, I'm between like, do I want to go cheap? I don't even know what the best way to do it is. So we're, we're kind of rolling with whatever happens. Um, if I'm so, lucky, I have I know someone in the area I can stay with them. Uh, but obviously, you know, I'm just trying to be in a, a good part of the town, 
some of these towns are can be a little sketchy sometimes. So you want to make sure you get a good, uh, nice, nice place to stay. And yeah, Nick and Matt show studio MVP open. Mm-hmm. Boom. You just, if you, you want party it, down here, if Boom. you want it, you hit me up. But you're gonna have to do it early because it's prime time. People are always hitting me up last second, like, Matt, yeah. I know you live in town. Give me a spot. I say no, sorry, I can't. We'll, we'll take like <laughs> that, one that person. That saved me a lot of money. Well, if you're yeah. down, you hit us up. But um, okay. Um, pizza and dino nuggets. That's, <laughs> that's what's on the menu, man. So, um, and, and talk, taco bell, don't forget taco, taco bell. bell, bro. That is like, I hate to say it. It's a little embarrassing, but that's like one of my favorite go-to fast foods. It's so good. I, well, I hadn't had taco bell in a while. Actually, I mean, I, I like taco bell a little bit, but yeah, that's what I had. <laughs> that's what I had. We were trying to go to waffle house with Silas cause he loves waffle house and I do too. Um, it was packed, so we had to go to Taco Bell, and I got like I got two, two tacos, the supreme ones, and then I got some, I got some Dr Pepper and some cinnamon twists. Yeah, super healthy, dude. Very healthy. You're, Is this before not- or after your win? <laughs> it's right before. It's right before the round. Yes. All right, so maybe maybe Taco Bell before every round. Maybe that's the little mojo. That's probably how you should play it. It's probably like, yeah. Yo, is sure. that a barefoot in the background? That's crazy. Someone keeps putting some feet up. They're like, someone's really. New foot just dropped. That's the chat's favorite what? thing right now is the different things showing up in behind Cannon That's a barefoot. <laughs> that is premium content. No. Oh. Oh, new real content. <laughs> oh, it's on its foot. The mystery is revealed. That's new content for Instagram Reels or whatever. He's, so. he's now he's now putting his sock back on. He's totally playing that. <laughs> we can't see that close. It's it's pretty good, but um, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Hey, it was nice talking. I don't think I'll, don't think I'll ever get a podcast or a little like interview podcast that without getting like just destroyed by my friends. It, you know, but that makes it fun and entertaining <laughs> for all the viewers and all the listeners. Yes. And so we appreciate your friends for that specific reason. <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about this right before. We're like, wait, we actually just had Gannon on. What really more can we ask him? And then it's really just based on, you know, hey, what's going on at Austin? You just want to congratulations. Yeah. And then the fun little spectacles that happen afterwards. But hey, this time it didn't, it didn't cut out. I was just going to say this yes. is way different. All around, yeah. you're not going over the hills and cutting out. It's just, <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. We we enjoyed that. Yeah, we we even exactly. redid. We did the title. We said like Gannon joins 28 I, I times. It, yeah, so. <laughs> it was like, yeah, awesome. Um, all well, right. If well, you, what, uh, if what did we miss? Go ahead, Matt. What did we miss? Well, I was gonna say if we haven't missed anything, go ahead and grab all your friends. Let them come in the frame for a second and say <laughs> if hello. they want to. If, if they, they want, want to, on, but we we need all this foot only imagine. though. You, you want to say hi? <laughs> you why you just said that? Just all his foot. You guys want to say hi? That's not Terry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Terry and Johnny V. Shout yeah, out Gavin, Johnny V. Happy Isaac, birthday. Wow. Alden's Alden. hair is down. Alden's foot. Yeah. Isaac? Alden's, yeah. Alden's foot. Man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let go. I can't. <laughs> he got stuck, stuck in all his hair. All right. Obviously, he never brushes his hair. For our, <laughs> it's all tangled. For our listening audience, these are the times when you have to find the timestamp, and we're at now about an hour and forty-two. So you can go on YouTube and check that out. So, um, cool. Well, we just had a really successful event. Intern Ben did Northeast Disc Golf Expo. Yes, sir. 
he we had overthrow giving form reviews and they looked at intern Ben's form and they said that is a spitting image of Gannon Burr's form. Yep. How did you do that? Ben Ben's got good form. Thank you. No, literally, but yeah. actually, actually, this is facts. <laughs> you can pull yourself up. Right. Go go to oh, the four up. Go to the four, four up. up. Come on. Yeah, there you this go. is actual facts. I had him review my form and he, he just looked at it and he was like over and over, kept repeating. He's like, you just gotta smooth it out. I don't know what else to say. And that was the best compliment I ever got. And then we went out to eat and they were passing the phone around looking at your form and they're trying yeah, so Robbie hard to Mikey. find something wrong with it. <laughs> yes. And they cannot find anything wrong with intern Ben's form. So good yeah, job, it's, Gannon. It's solid. It's just gonna take more practice. That's pretty yep. much it. It's more practice. But he patterned it after yeah. you, Gannon. I, I did. mean, I told him that. That's awesome. That's that's my. He's my hero. Yes, and You're vi- my hero. I was just saying, vice versa. So, whenever we're around, and intern Ben's gonna say anything, we just go Gannon Burr. That's all we say all <laughs> the time. I pick you to win every event ever. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Ben probably got this one right because he picked you to win it. So. Did you pick him? Uh, no, I did. Oh, so we were at the table with uh, uh oh, Jesse no. and Robbie, and we. He, Yesterday and he said, "Guess who won?" I said, "Gannon Burr," and we were right. I was right. But did when we did our picks, we have to go back and listen at the end of the show last week. Oh yeah, it was super I don't quick. Uh oh, I don't think I picked Gannon, but I oh forget boy, who I picked. it's over now. Traitor. Yep. Yep. Hey, I picked He'll you for USDGC. I believed in you, so you're welcome. Okay. Okay, I got you. All right, did we miss anything, Gannon? Is there something that you're not telling us that you just were dying to tell us or your friends have been dying to tell I mean, anything, or, or are you good? Probably not. Okay. I promised my caddy if I won, I'd wear this for Texas oh, State, but it, right, like, it really doesn't it doesn't fit my head that well. It, like, kind of... <laughs> Wow. Shout out, shaky. Yeah. Shout out to Matt, right? He caddy. You said two rounds yeah. and fifteen holes or something. Yeah, he, uh, he had to catch a flight so Gavin took over. Oh, what a um, thing! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone, I've, some people have probably seen it on like the humor pages, but we uh, we, we tried to get him to stare into the camera just super awkwardly, <laughs> like at all times. They love it. Uh, the fans yeah. love it. The dude is becoming an icon of sorts. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably get him on the show at some point. If he's traveling with you during MVP, I like smoking, grilling meat as well. So there's a whole collaboration happening here, I'm sure. Ricky just texted me, have fun winning. I'll be back soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, that was exclusive. Take. Thank you. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Gannon. Yeah. What what we you were gonna say something? He's scared now. No no, I'll just say that's I'm 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 terrified. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Gannon, best of luck over at Texas State. I'm sure intern Ben, when we talk about it tonight, will pick you to win the tournament. And I think at this point, you're a pretty safe bet to pick at most tournaments. So uh, we wish you the best of luck, and um, looking forward to seeing the coverage. Sweet. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Take it easy, brother. Oh my, Gannon Burr, what an awesome, fun interview that one was. Um, I will say my question to him about, this was one of the burning questions out there, right? My question to him, it just lined itself up. He's talking about worlds and I'm like, so you're throwing Prodigy hit worlds? And for our listening audience, you probably heard the pause, but he's sitting there and he's like, oh boy, like I was not expecting that at this moment in the interview. And he ultimately said, I don't have a comment, but me reading into it as I can do and all of you can do, 
sounds like I don't know. It sounds like he, he it may not be Prodigy Disc. I mean, I, I feel I like I don't want to be a speculation podcast, no. and so I'm really going to kind of leave it to where when the facts come out, the facts come out. When we know more, so you're not going to share your on opinion show, on things. And I mean, like. Did his I, I don't, I, it seemed in, like in, he was, in yeah. my opinion and this is my opinion and this is just based on kind of what has come out so far and it's nothing that really gannon has said because he hasn't been able to say too much since everything's been going on but um i don't think he'll be throwing prodigy by the end of the year oh. but at the same time if you were to tell me no matter what he will be finishing out the 2023 year with prodigy discs i'd say okay then yeah that, also makes sense it can go so, either way and i exactly he said he said where, it's going to it's working yeah. itself whatever he said something along those lines yeah. work itself out yeah and, and maybe i'm totally kind of, maybe i'm like totally off and he's just like i can't answer that and i wasn't ready for it so it could be any of those things but we asked because a lot of comments came in today saying that we had to ask that and well i think i think we did and then um the tour disc or whatever. What do they call him when he wins an event? An event commemorative or yeah, something. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And he yeah. said he thinks there will be. So it's it's interesting, you know, all this is coming together, but uh good interview with him. Loved it. Yeah. Loved I think it. realistically at this point, Prodigy's best case is to hook him up whenever he can. He gets a big win like this. Um someone was saying earlier in the chat that he didn't thank his sponsor, Prodigy. He from what I remember in the post-round interview after his win, he did thank them. I think that was actually the first company that he did thank. And then I think it was Titan Disc Golf was the other one that his buddy Matt owns. Um, so they're still, it's an amicable relationship as of right now. And I guess we'll see within the next few months what kind of goes on with that. I'm just excited to see him play this year. He's been on such a tear since USCGC that watching him come up into the ranks has been pretty awesome to see. Uh, I hope he's not too scared to come on the show in the future. If you're still listening, Gannon, <laughs> let me know. Uh, we, yeah. we only did what we had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, he'll come back. Exactly. So, um, awesome. Well, let's do this. These interviews lately, because we've been getting two of them and we've actually been doing, you know, like 30 minutes with each of them. Um, we get later into our podcast. We haven't talked about a lot of these different things that we can talk about, but the interviews are great and we want to hear those more than anything. So, uh, but let's move on a little bit here. Um, um, a little bit. We we already talked a lot. Let's literally set like a two minute timer on this. I don't want to get into it too deep. But the course design. So Evan and I were having a conversation, and Paige even brought it up. She's like, I thought there has to be like a track record, right, to be able to be an elite or an A tier, even at the very least. Um, and Evan and I, and I'm not gonna put words in Evan's mouth, but ultimately we both kind of came to an agreement that if an event is going to a new course, a new course. Like, so I kind of give that the, the credit of saying open at Belton, open at Austin. Like, okay. Like they're like the same event, but it's a new course. If you're going to take an event or any event to a new course, it should, well, this is a strong word should be demoted or at least played down to a silver event. Still can be a part of the tour, but let's get it through that lower level first so that these things can be fixed for the higher level. Uh, I am not the professional for course design, but I'm taking feedback from percentages of the pros. Some say it's not so bad, some say it is, but the viewing experience, all everything combined, let's put it through a silver event. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Any, any thoughts on that? I mean, I thought that was kind of one of the main reasons for the silver events is when places are switching up venues, whether it's the same tournament staff or not. I thought if you're switching up the whole venue for it, I thought that was kind of the point of the silver series was to 
have this event there, get the feedback on it. If it's good enough, it makes it up to an Elite Series event. If it's not, maybe keep it down on a Silver Series or drop it from the tour completely. So I thought that was a general rule of thumb. Um, when it comes to the course designing aspect of it, I'm not a course designer whatsoever. I've never really designed the course. I've designed a couple holes here and there that people have asked for my opinion on. Um, and especially when it comes to a golf course, I would have realistically no great idea on saying, hey, let's do this, let's do this without kind of playing the fairways, which is ultimately kind of boring to do when you're designing on a golf course. But for this tournament, I think the biggest thing that they can do is take the feedback that has come to them. And if it is an event that's happening on the schedule next year is working with all that feedback. Someone had said that the tournament director on his, um, I think, pre-tournament interview during the press conference had said, look, this is a new project for us. There are room for, There is room for improvement. And hopefully they'll make those changes going into the 2024 year if this is still on the schedule. Sure. Um, I mentioned a little bit in Gannon's interview, but Ricky's Ricky out with the DNF. I wanted to just pick his brain a little bit. And I think I brought up the idea of which would you rather worlds or pros uh, tour points winner, you know, and cause Ricky kind of was alluding to this is the more valuable in a lot of ways. He didn't say it in those words, but in a lot of ways he kind of did. Um, but is there a risk here for Ricky? I mean, it's gonna, it's likely to be four events, right? I mean, it, it could be more like, we don't know. He wants his health. Of course, we want his health. So I'm not saying like, uh oh, Ricky, you're you're making bad choices. I think he's making a good choice. But like, at what point is it missing too much, Nick, where he's not going to be able to have a seat? He'll have a season that he's proud of if he makes the best of what yeah. he can. But I mean, like, where is it like, wow, he was only able to play X amount. It wasn't a great year. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, what do you consider a great year? If you missed the first half of the season, but then won every single tournament after that, yeah. you had a great season for great the tournaments season. that you were able yeah. to play. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, realistically, it's it's going to get to a point where it's going to become impossible to win the Pro Tour points for this season, If depending on how many events that he misses. Yeah. It's going to get to a point where it would be mathematically impossible for him to win the Pro Tour points. And I think that's a sacrifice he's willing to make so that he can play longevity-wise. You know, you... Him pulling out with three holes to play, I'd love to actually get a comment about that from him to see what his mindset was. I would think with three holes to play at this point, he kind of just finished out the tournament, but maybe Gannon was right. Maybe he was outside the cash line, so no matter what, it really didn't affect him that much. Um, but realistically, I think he's just taking it very, very slow to start the season. He probably came back prematurely with this event and then focusing on hopefully for the major that's happening in about two to three weeks, maybe three to four weeks. And then we still have a long season. I mean, shoot, we're literally still within the first month. This is the third Elite Series event yeah. out of 20 more or something like that with still all the majors to play. That's so, good. Yeah, and that's going to move us okay. into our next topic, actually, kind of yeah. on that. Is like, is there anyone we should be pumping the brakes on yet or pushing the pedal to the metal? And I'm going to go over some names here for you. But one last comment on what you said about if he was missing the cash, maybe it wouldn't have mattered either way. And I don't want to put words in Gannon's mouth, but maybe others interpreted it like me. It almost sounded like perspective was, well, he's outside of cash, so let's DNF. Like, so I don't have to miss cash. I, I don't know. I, I kind of read it that way from Gannon. I don't know if the chat agrees. They can comment and say they agree or disagree. But that was kind of what I read from Gannon's response. Not that Gannon's right. Um, but there's different perspectives to be had is how I'll put it. And, and I know, Nick, that you're dropping in and out right now. Um, when yeah, I, I missed the end of what you had just said. Go say that one more time. <laughs> For our listening audience, so they can hear it twice. I was just saying, like, it, the perspectives could be either way. As in, 
um, he was missing cash. So he dropped out. Like, so he doesn't have to have that be a part of his thing. Like, Hey, I miss cash. So I'm just saying there's different yeah. ways. Gannon's perspective. It seemed to be that way. That's how I interpreted it. But there's others. I don't know. Um, some are saying agree. Some, some are saying maybe it's different. Some are saying disagree. So it could be either way, but we hope the best for Ricky. Um, and I would never project that onto Ricky that he did that. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying there's different perspectives. Fans, players alike are going to have on that. We hope the best for Rick. Um, okay. This is a fun short one here. And then we'll close out with asking about players pedal to the metal or pump the brakes. Uh, but the term chase card, I think that's a disc golf term. Correct me if I'm wrong. I tried looking it up for golf. I can't find it anywhere. Chase card. Again, chat can fill us in. They're usually our most smart. The idea of chase card is just common sense, but in the case of disc golf, it's always been a thing where it's like, it's the reality is the the next four behind the lead card are the only ones who could pro potentially even make the win. So they call it the chase, mm -hmm. but the times are changing. We're starting to see back to back weeks now where there's multiple cards, three, four five cards within a stroke yeah. or two where potentially that could happen. Where does this term chase card? Is it just going to always be chase card, even if the ties go down three or four cards? Or is it just now like, hey, forget it. There's a lead card and then there's everybody else. Yeah, I mean, they're the first ones chasing the lead card. It really doesn't matter about score either because they're still the card that is technically chasing the lead. Yeah, card. but Nick, if um, you're tied, though, if everyone's tied and there's a second and a third and a fourth card, they're all tied. Are they all chase card? I don't know if you, if you want to go like super far into it, I guess. I'm just saying like they, it, they're but, all the ones, yeah. right? And so here's where I'm yeah. kind of going with this. Jomez has missed the winner on their coverage now, back-to-back -back events. Yeah, that and, sucks. and I'm saying times are changing where I actually yeah. think this is going to become much more common. We're having a media company that only covers one card, especially if you think it's going to be the winner. It's not going to be that way. It will be that way a larger percentage of the time. Yeah, but is that well, how it works in golf? Like, does the yeah, lead also, card always win? I mean, no, obviously not. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's at least one time in golf where a chase card, third card, maybe even fourth card for golf. I don't really know because I don't watch a lot of golf tournaments. But we're also talking about post production versus live production. There was a camera on Gannon or on that card for pretty much the whole round. Mm -hmm. um, also, being Paul McBeth was on the card, um, so having those two players in contention for the win on the final day pretty much forces the DGPT to put, or the Disc Golf Network to put a live camera on them the whole time. When it comes to the post-production, you have company A, which is Joe Mez covering the lead card, and then company B, which I think is Gatekeeper covering the chase card. So, and my great, understanding- great for Gatekeeper the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the live action of it, this would have been the really, you know, the big kick in the junk if we didn't have enough cameras to even really view the chase card but we were able to watch almost every single one of gannon's shot which was awesome everybody brody smith in the chat he says oh geez matt talking about golf lol yeah i mean i i don't know i don't know if there's a he can he can fill me in here if there's a term chase card uh in golf and someone say yeah obviously that's what it is but all i'm trying to say is when you have a company that's covering only a lead card if they ever did that at the pga level or anything else you're going to miss you're going to miss the winner a lot of times. I'm just giving credit to the fact that live coverage is where it's at right now. Um, it's a great thing, as you said, Nick. I think for the sake of Jomez and others that are covering, they're not allowed to go grab others. So I'm not trying to downplay them. They're not allowed to move around and uh, cover other cards. So it is what it is. 
But all I'm trying to say is there's going to be a deeper field going into these final rounds than we've had yeah. at any point ever. And we've already seen it back to back weeks. For, for now, so. uh, I, I'd, I'd call it chase card for now. And then if we get to that point, then we'll yeah, see but what more happens. terminology for in the future. Well, it's great. definitely, no, um, it's definitely think, a chase card. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think we're going to start seeing this media conflict with people. Like they're not going to be covering it the same way. Live will be the best way to watch it. 100%. It already is. It already is. Yeah. And when you watch when you watch the post production for it, I'm sure in the final round, the back nine for the Jomez, they usually take the last hole. If I'm not sure, they get the rights from Gatekeeper. I think they kind of share it so that you can still see who won the tournament. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's been done in the past. Where, in the past you know, yeah. This this footage is courtesy of Gatekeeper Media, and then it actually showed like Kyle Klein winning Waco, now Gannon Burr winning the Open in Austin. I don't watch post production too much anymore, depending on kind of what my schedule is and all that. So that might not have happened for this tournament. But at the same time, um, this is just another case of where live disc golf is kind of just growing, growing, and growing in a positive direction. Absolutely. <clears throat> hey, thanks for stopping by, Brody, anytime. Um, remember remember the old days? Brody, come on in. Let's, let's talk. If we yeah. were already going two hours right now, I'd invite him in, but I'm actually traveling in the morning. <laughs> And not that Once he would again, want to come in, but he has a much stronger opinion on golf than I would, of course. Mm -hmm. Although golf used to be my game before disc golf. That was the thing, man. I loved it. You were it. a scratch golfer? Uh, no, no. No, I was like, I was 22, 25 over, which is honestly, it's okay. That's pretty good. I've I've been like 50. Like so. It's like some holes I'd shoot like a seven on a par three, but like my best, absolute best. That was, that was it. So no, not scratch. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go ahead and go through the um, the some of the players here. Do we pump the brakes or do we push the pedal to the metal? Obviously, let's start let's with Gannon. Let's start with Gannon Burr. We're, we're pretty much at the end of the show, but Gannon Burr, let's go around. Are we pumping the brakes or are we pushing the pedal to the metal? Meaning, like, we're all in. We think it's going to be this way the rest of the, the season out. Like, as in him doing well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Pedal to the metal for Gannon. For Huge Gannon fan. Nick, what do you think? Yes? Obviously. Oh, yeah. No concerns. Simon Lazat. Oh, mm -hmm. he's he's yep. to the metal. Yep, uh, he's playing himself. great. Yep. James Proctor. Oh, that I was sneaky talking good to... right now. Sneaky good yes. in this Texas swing. I'm very very excited to see kind of once he hits. Depending how much travel he's doing this year, I'm not really sure, but very excited to see him hit the major out in Georgia, and then as the month of May kind of rolls around, them getting out into the West Coast swing. But yeah, sneaky good has made some lead coverage cards and has made a name for himself this year, even more so than he has in the past, which. Yep. We do have an episode with him. Look back in the archives. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's a time to pump the brakes, but I, it's it's this interim period. Where like, do we press the pedal to the metal? But it seems like it. Yeah, I'm saying I can pump. see it both ways. I'll say pump for him, but I'm very impressed. I was talking to the owner of Thought Space at the expo, and, and I was like, I'm very impressed with Aaron. I mean, pff, the guy's name is Aaron, uh, the owner with James, and how well he's been doing so far. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, there's other names I could pick that we'd just be like, obviously we're not going to pump the brakes. Paul McBeth, Eagle McMahon. I think some of you might try to make an argument for both of those players. We're pumping the brakes, but that would be silly. Yeah. We're I not mean, lackluster final round for both of them. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, where is the headspace? I know Eagle had a lot of stuff going on mentally. Who knows how he was feeling mentally and emotionally with everything that kind of transpired throughout the weekend. But um, definitely Paul not starting off as strong as he has done in years past when it comes to tournaments right now. So, who knows? That's Cole, kind of a toss-up right now. Cole Radolin. 
Also, I think kind of in that James Proctor position where Cole's a young guy, but even Gannon said it earlier, he has all the tools. He's just been needing to put it together. And I love watching Cole's play and his putting stroke looks incredible right now. So I'm kind of on a, you know, pedal to the metal. I'll say gas too. Yep. Okay. Uh, Nico LaCastro. I'm more of a pump the brakes in the sense of I think he's a phenomenal player, but at the same time, I, I don't see him winning an elite series event this year. Now, could he casually stay in the top 10 or top 15 throughout the whole year? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Chris Dickerson. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, Chris is coming up to Music City Open. That's in his home state of Tennessee. And then he's got the major that he just won Champions Cup right around the corner after that. I think this is a perfect time for Chris to pedal to the metal. Okay. Yes. Two more in the MPO. Adam Hammes. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. The rest know. of the season, yeah. what's going to happen, it's tough to call, right? You can go either yeah. or. Yep. I think. I think he's actually starting the season out very well. Great finish, obviously, at Waco being second place. Um, I don't exactly remember how he finished at Austin. I do think it was in the top 20, but I think this is still the beginning of the season. We're finally getting into the full swing of things. We've seen Adam come down to a playoff at IGGC, so that's where Champions Cup is this year. I think this is a good time. Same thing. Gas it up. Okay. And then finally, um, Isaac Robinson. I'd say That's gas. A, I believe in him. Great season oh, you last believe year. In him, but starting out, yeah, I I definitely believe in him. Same thing, and another player that has all the tools has had success on the pro tour so far, um, but we haven't seen it so far this early in the season. So uh, right now we're kind of I think we're chilling, but I think middle of the season when we get more towards those like heavily wooded golf areas, I think he's gonna be back in it. Okay. I'm going to do this, and I have zero idea if he's still in the chat. He dropped a comment and, and, and didn't do any more. But Brody Smith, this is an interesting one. I will come out and say impressive. Uh, maybe he doesn't feel good about this last round or this last tournament, but I'm uh, impressed. So I'm going to yeah. say if, <laughs> if what we've seen already says anything, that he's going to finish better than he has any other year. So I'm saying gas. He's a lot of off-season work. Mm -hmm. At least that's what he's showing, and we'll see. Uh, this was a new event for everybody, but I'm going to say gas. We'll see if it plays right, and we'll see where it goes from there. But Same thing, has a skill set. He's putting himself out there. Started out really, really hot up at Waco with room for improvement, as almost any pro would say in their post-round interview, um, but not finishing out the tournament in a spot that he would want to. So... Same thing, though. He's got all the skill set. I think he is someone who is going to keep on creeping up, creeping up, creeping up until he finally really puts it together for one tournament. Okay. Um, I We're going to go over to FPO as we wrap up here. Paige Pierce, it's full gas. There's, yes. I, what I saw her face in that last round, as she even alluded to, was different. If she can bottle that up, she can take what yeah. she learned in the first event that she came back to Waco, and then she... She really, that she came back to Waco, didn't play how she wanted, figured some things out, and then won the next event. It's pretty good. Uh, Katrina yeah. Allen? I mean, you have to say gas. I think Katrina is playing phenomenal yeah. right now. Um, I agree. Not the best finish at Waco when it comes to how, you know, winning Vegas, not playing incredibly great over at Waco, but then second place finish here at Austin. Um, I am a huge Katrina Allen fan. Very much looking forward to seeing how the season progresses. 
progresses, I'm gas 100% of the way. Okay. Um, with this is what we do, guys. With Jessica Wee's taking a third place here, I'm I'm saying do not buy in right right now. It's it's breaks right now. Let's wait a little bit and yep. let's see what happens. Uh, again, yep. skill sets there, but we need to see some more. So breaks for now for me. Um, Missy Gannon. And we're only three events in, and I get it. We're Bloody only Missy. three events in. Yeah. This is why it's, hey, are we pumping the brakes yet? Or are we saying, yeah. let's just keep going? No, nope, money Missy Gannon. Okay, yeah, we're um, still in. I, I'm, same thing, another huge Missy Gannon fan. And uh, <laughs> definitely think a couple wins throughout the year. Um, I would say probably one or two of them this year. And she usually turns it on middle towards the end of the season. So right now you can kind of hold the brakes on it a little bit, but middle of the year, definitely gas. Yeah. Um, let's go down a little bit more here. Evelina Salonen. I'm brakes pumping the brakes right now, pumping the brakes right now. And I hope she would literally just take three months of only practicing putting so that we could hit that gas pedal again. I know. Um, realistically, I mean, pump the brakes. Right oh now. God, pump such, such amazing skill when it comes to throwing the disc and then getting onto that putting green when the pressure is the highest. And just not having the success with it right now. But people helping out with her putt, I think is going to pay huge dividends for her. And I'm excited to see. I think she's awesome to watch play disc golf, except for the putting aspect of it. I think I have three more here. Kristen Tatar should be obvious. Gas. Yes. Okay. There's nothing mm -hmm. to like Ella Hansen. Yeah. I think that's gas too. Gas, <laughs> baby. When I say think, I should, I should be more clear. Yeah. Like it is gas. We just... It's going to be new if she's constantly performing this high, high level. So, like, but I'm gassed. Yeah. I love I'm kind of like on that pedal to the metal. Pedal to the metal. You know, she's, so now she's just hitting it hot right off the rip. You know, she's playing great at the start of the season. I, I want to say pedal to the metal. Yes. So I would like to say that. That's how I'm going to look at that. It's true. It went from pedal yeah. to metal to gas. I like gas. No, gas. gas. I like gas. Um, gas. There's, let me see who else was on my list here. Um, Okay, two more. Cat merch. Gas. Oh, I've always gassed for cat I merch. I know you are. I, th I think it's breaks. I got to see a lot no, more gas. before I would say Same. go. Okay, gas. and then finally, and there's a lot of names here, but Own Scoggins, and I'm bringing her up because of what we already know. She has a track record. She started this season. Where are we at with her? Um, we've played two golf courses now and one wooded course. And I think the wooded course was her best finish. And so when we don't consistently play golf courses all the time, pedal to the metal, give it the gas. Yes. Um, but when it comes to these more wide open, windier conditioned golf courses, I am pumping the brakes. I, I don't think own has the necessary distance and consistency with the distance, a lot of the times, especially when it's windy, we see those knife over forehands that kind of get burnt right into the ground for own. And then putting with her putting style is a little bit more difficult, I think, in the wind. I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel when I watch her play. But the courses where it's a little bit shorter, more woods are involved, I think that's when own is she really thrives. But she has had incredible sex success on golf courses, don't get me wrong. But I think she thrives a little bit more on the wooded side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, there was a whole bunch of other names in here. Uh, some people were shouting for Haley King or um, who else? There's a lot we're missing. And we're not going There's through a every lot play. of gas. There's a lot in of the gas. Field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So anyways, interesting. Uh, that's where we're at with uh, this year so far. We Again, we realize it's three events in. That's why it's kind of fun to say where we are with it. And there's not a lot of information to say don't go gas on these things. But some of us said breaks on a few of them. So let's let's see what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's other MPO players we would have said breaks on too. But we're not going to go through the whole list. So, yeah. all right. Well, that brings us uh, to the point in the show where we get to yep. close it out, Nick. Uh, so and that's perfect because I'm about to shameless plug something. Okay, Anyways, do it. Everybody, if you like Discraft plastic, check out my new stamp with the Discura added into it. I'll try to give you guys the best view. This is a really beautiful pink and white swirled zone. And then this is also a really nice nuke that I got with a cool kind of shatter stamp on it. Anyways, if you go over to DiscuraDG.com and use code Nick and Matt, you can pick up one of these discs and it's just about regular retail ESP prices. Uh, they're listed, I think, at $21. 10% code with Nick and Matt is going to get you a little bit off. If you want, go ahead on the website, order up some discs. And what I'll do for the next week of people ordering discs, I'm going to take one order out of that and I'll throw in two extra discs just for you. Woo! So if you want, discaragg.com. We also have some great apparel, new sweatshirts coming out almost every single couple of weeks. And then we also have some great jerseys up on the site as well. Wow. So check it out, discaragg.com. 10% off your order with code Nick and Matt. But everyone, Great. thank you for tuning in on this wonderful Monday night. This is episode 130 presented by Cosmic DG. Just want to thank Disc Golf Swag. Use code Nick and Matt at Disc Golf Swag for also 10% off your order there. And then Double G Craft Turkey for being amazing partners throughout the show. Cosmic DG, check them out, especially if you're a tournament director. Once again, thank you everybody for tuning in on a Monday night. This was awesome. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Check us out on, your, on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Intern Ben, what do you got? I just want to give a quick shout out to Magnetize, Jesse. He created <laughs> a die of me eating the Pocky One chip. And it is the best this I've ever gotten. So I just want to give a quick shout out to that. Thank you, Jesse, for this awesome that discs of me dying. <laughs> wow. And shout out to everybody I met at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. I really mean it when I say meeting you in person is why we do this. Yes, um, it was awesome. Real. The people in the chat are real. I've met a lot of you, though. If I don't know you, it's, it's is what it is. But let's meet someday. We do it for you, and we're happy to give you this two hours of content every week. Thank you guys for stopping by. Peace out. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube. Thank you.